Welcome to the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast. It's the podcast where we explore the history, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the most controversial people, movements, and organizations in our modern world. And sometimes we do movie reviews. Mm. I'm your boy, Mark. We're back. And I'm here with K-Town. K-Town. And David. (laughs) And David. Hey, what's going on, y'all? And today we are talking about Old Boy. This is a special spoiler cast where we're covering the original 2003 Old Boy and comparing it to its Spike Lee 2013 remake. We got a lot to talk about. A Spike Lee joint? Nah, not not exactly. Not exactly a Spike Lee joint. We'll get into that. But before we get into that, let's make sure we get you guys to follow us on the socials at Facebook at the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast. We can check out some memes, some fun content, and you can holler back at us about literally anything. On the Instagram at Good Times Killing Us podcast, no spaces there, and on the Twitter at good underscore times underscore dead. And make sure you hit us up on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave us five stars and a review, and we'll read your review right here on the fucking cast. Five stars only, please. Yeah, don't come in here with that three stars, I like your podcast bullshit, okay? Yeah, that's you saying, I don't like this so much <laughs> that I want to fuck them up in the algorithm and make sure nobody ever hears them again. So just, you know, if you have something negative to say, give us a five-star review while doing it, baby. Yeah, please, we'll still read it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But speaking of which, we got a brand new review from Rebecca Thorne 5 in Canada. Shouts to Rebecca. Good old Canada. Shouts to Rebecca. I think she's actually uh, reached out to us before, man. But it's a shame you're finding all those uh, indigenous children corpses in your uh, residential schools. Wait, Holy what? Shit, what? <laughs> what that yeah, a- yeah. <laughs> Canada's been uh, committing uh, genocide on their indigenous population for hundreds of years. Oh, well, yeah. They recently, they recently found 200 corpses in an old residential school. Ah, jeez. I mean, I'm not that surprised. I Becca, mean, get yeah, rid of the school. Get <laughs> back to us on that. Let us know what's going on with that. Yeah, I, I know. We're, we know you're on the case, Becca. <laughs> she says... Just a straight-up good time. And then she gave five stars. Mm. She says, For anyone considering this podcast, anyone who's given this podcast anything but a five-star rating is literally just peeved about an episode they did on a willfully ignorant dum-dum. And they're probably simps for Trump, too, so you don't really want their opinion. If you want to listen to this podcast, 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's honestly just a straight-up good time. Thanks, Becca. Thanks, Becca. Shouts to you. Hey, hey, yo, Becca, you a real king slash queen slash androgynistic god. Appreciate you. <laughs> you a king, queen, or in between, and we fuck with you regardless. There <laughs> it yeah, is. dude. There it is. All righty, y'all. So- I stole it from Bond. I saw you posted that earlier. Shouts to Bond, too. All right, so are we ready to get into old boy boys? Yeah, yeah, let's get into these movies, man. Do you guys want to go around real quick before we do? And uh, yeah, talk- when, when did we first all when were we first all exposed to this movie how did you feel when you first watched it and how is it kind of like age with you over the years and by the way should we go ahead and say right now again this is a spoiler cast and this is a particular movie where like spoilers are a major part of the movie like yeah yeah the twist at the end of this movie it's pretty much if you if you've never seen this movie or either of these movies you will not see this twist coming and it will fuck you up so should we just get out of the way before we even talk about because we have to talk about how we felt when we first came to the twist let's just get it out of the way you've got five seconds hold on hold on let's just start it with like this 
this movie was way ahead of its time because like oh, all no. porn is now is, is about <laughs> no. this movie. Oh. It, was, <laughs> it was way ahead of its time. It knew what was going to be popular. And that popularity was incest, baby. Ah, yes. The, uh, I, uh, I don't want to even say it. K-Town, you just want to tell us what, what the big twist is of this movie. So the big twist is like this guy unknowingly fucks his daughter. There it is. There it, it is. A series That's... of crazy hypnotism and like evil mastermind plot. The guy falls in love with this girl. Turns out it's it his turns daughter. Out to be his daughter. I tried to give you a five it, second warning, but you know we we still gave you plenty of time. We let you know where it was, baby. Yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah. All right. So how do I we mean, all? So how do we all feel when we first found this movie? Well, K Town, let me let me hear you. What's your what's your uh, what's your track record with the with old boy? So, either one. So I watched this movie like when Netflix first like became like a streaming like service. I think I was like nineteen, and like I watched it in an apartment with like. Probably the apartment me and you lived in pain. So we're talking about 09, 20, something yeah. like that. Or uh, yeah, 10, something 010. like that. Like I was like 20 or 19 years old. And like, you know, everyone like has like a, a every straight white 20 year old has like a Pulp Fiction or like a <laughs> some type of Quentin Tarantino like movie poster. So like this is the type of shit you watched. And like it was it was just mind blowing. It was amazing. I loved every second of it. It's, like, it's, I felt like when I first saw it the first time and saw that and that the the fucking uh twist hit me at the end like i felt sick to my stomach like yeah. legitimately Oof. like it got me and like, i love that like it's it's rare that a movie like gets me on that level and like i legitimately felt like the emotions that day sue was feeling in that moment like it was it was fucking amazing real quick speaking of like you're talking about like movies as like early 20 year old that you idolize you put the poster <laughs> up and stuff there was something about this movie i know exactly what you're going for k-town because i was one as well yeah. <laughs> i had a pulp fiction poster <laughs> there was something about this movie and i think it was mostly like the the like early 2000 cgi vibes and stuff but it gave me a little bit of fight clubby vibes like yes, nothing yeah. a lot nothing as far as the plot or all but just the the visuals the grittiness the dark texture of the movie the like old school kind of cgi stuff like uh the, the cinematic uh like the way that this movie is shot is very similar to fight club and not it's not really edited the same way but it has a lot of weird kind of film tricks that they do well, like I a, think the, a lot of weird edits like, like even even like thematic like theme like it was like fight club's all about despair to me like we're all caught in this like rat race of fucking capitalism and like we're all miserable and there's like pretty much nothing we can do to get out of that. Yeah, like, it, we're all just shit. And we can, and, like, fe 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 uh, in a futile effort, we can try to be more masculine and think that that will solve our problems. Yeah, but it really just but it, it's worse. not like no matter what. <laughs> That's the, the real thing. The day, we're all just fucking shit and we're depressed. And like that's. Like that theme of despair is like the same theme in like all those movies. Like Pulp Fiction is just like, like yeah, it's a cool, quirky like, um, like mobster movie. But like at the end, like everything shit happens to everyone and they're all miserable. Yeah. Like, oh, this movie, the original movie, definitely leaves you feeling a little hopeless at the end. Yeah. Guess, the, the, you know? Yeah. The movies yeah. that are based around people coping with the certain aspects of misery of the modern world, pretty much. The movies about people people yeah. coping and trying to reconcile all these terrible things that can just happen to regular people, but they do them in very dramatic ways. Go ahead, Payne. When, the, when, when did Old Boy hit your radar? I think around the same time. I think I was, uh, yeah, I think 18, 19, or 20. I remember 
more um it was on a lot of lists i would see on youtube that would say like top 10 like craziest movie moments and old boy was always up there and like gotcha. the only thing i did know about this movie movie before watching it was that he was going to cut his tongue off i knew that that was a major part of the movie um but i, I decided to see the movie and and also the teeth getting ripped out Oof. but i'd seen like little clips of it in youtube videos and like little i think there's even some like you know stuff on tv about it you know even tv used to have TBS or some shit probably had like 10 top 10s or whatever. Um, so that was what kind of attracted me to it. And I remember watching it and having that same feeling of just like, even though I already knew about those kind of like really wild moments, like the really, what were at the time very shocking was very shocking violence. I didn't know about the twists with him having had sex with his own daughter. So like, yeah, when that came around, I had been, you know, because the movie does such a good job of fully acquainting you with Odesu and his daughter Mido that by the time that that happens, there's a part of you that even that actually kind of knows it right before it's going to happen. And you're like, no. no. <laughs> and then there it is. And, you know, yeah. And you feel his pain in that moment. Um, All right. So I, I, I came in a little later with this than you guys. I wasn't up on the trend on most fucked up you, Korean okay, movies. Okay, you, you've got a different story. So I've got a one. whole different story here. And I think it actually plays into the way we're going to do this. Yes. I did not see. I had no knowledge of the original Korean version of this movie. My entrance into this was the Spike Lee 2013 remake. I had no idea, and I also came into I also came into the movie. uh, Honestly, I also came into the movie. My favorite way to watch movies: 100% cold. I had some friends tell me about this movie that had seen it, and they were like, "You gotta check this out." So I saw it, and um, like I said, I had no knowledge of the original Korean version, and it fucked me up. And uh, it wasn't until uh, I, I found out a little bit later that there was an original version. And when we were doing the research just recently, I watched that for the first time recently. So you had not seen the original Old Boy. To you, Old Boy was Spike Lee and fucking uh, Thanos. What, what? When I first saw it, Josh Brolin and Spike. It wasn't yeah. until shortly, shortly afterwards, I heard that there was an original. Oh, okay. You gotcha. know, it wasn't like I didn't know until just recently. But I had not seen the original version until just recently. Well, I think that's the interesting thing. Is like, yeah. So we all very like Kaytown, we have pretty similar perspectives, but you have the unique perspective of actually having seen the remake, and I feel like seeing it first, yeah, yeah, seeing the remake uh, first. That's what I meant to say. Which I have seen the remake as well. I remember thinking it was all right when I first saw it. I think I saw it like pretty much when it came out. I was like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll check that out. And I remember thinking like yeah, the original's a little bit better, but I, I remember thinking it was all right. Kaytown, I know you've hated the, the remake for like ever, and that's going to be yeah. a major di- dynamic of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's garbage. Um, <laughs> I hate I hate that like America cinema like feels like Hollywood feels like it has to remake these like classic foreign films like like yeah. there's gonna be like five years from now there's gonna be a, a parasite, parasite remake American or, remake like, oh, yeah. like there's like like. It's there's a lot gross. to be said about that, and and you're absolutely right. There's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, we're we're definitely going to just get... watch subtitles, bro. So this whole episode, we're going to be getting into, uh, we're going to be talking mostly about the plot of the original, but we're always going to compare that to how it was represented differently in the new one, and kind of compare and contrast with two perspectives. K Town, you fucking uh, love the original, hate the remake. Mark, you have some sympathy. I'm gonna kind of hold out for a little bit. I'm trying to be a little bit neutral. I, you know, I'll reveal my feelings as we go on. But um, yeah, what so I will we're say... Gonna, we're going to go over the plot of the original, and we're going to kind of dip and dive and uh, over some differences as we go through it. All right. All right. So y'all ready to get into Old 
Boys. Yes. All right, so Old Boy 2003, again, opens with a man named Ode Su who's fucking wasted in the streets, um, and uh, he gets taken to a police office. Uh, he's talking about how he wanted to, like, um, bring these uh, wings to his daughter. He's, like, playing with the daughter, and he's just being an absolute mess. Yeah, it's, he's, it's, he's my kind of drunk. Yeah, he's a fun drunk. He can tell he's a fun yeah. drunk a little yeah. bit. He, you, he also there there are some shades of his womanizing in there. He talks about flirting with some people, and that's a, a major plot point that we'll get into later. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's just a fun drunk. He's kind of loud. I remember having the thought when we watched this movie. I watched it the first time a couple of weeks ago. That like, wow. Korean cops are really being pretty chill with this guy, cause <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where they put him, because like in an American, uh, like for Americans, like you would just be taken to a holding cell, but it looks like he's basically in just like a kind of a harder he's waiter like in the waiting, waiting room. room. Yeah, fucking around like crazy. No handcuffs either. They just like sit down. Eventually, they cuff him to like the wall or something. But yeah, American cops would have beat the shit out of him. Yeah, <laughs> they would have beat the living shit out of Odesu because he was kind of wilding. Yeah, I mean, if uh, Odesu was black, they would have shot him before he even got to the police station. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> he would have never made it to the police station. He would have never, never made it to the fucking police station. So they, 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 when they make, like, the uh, the 2021 remake of Old Boy, it's just, like, it's going to be a short film, and it'll just be the... <laughs> um, all right, so and it's pretty much the same. I mean, in the remake... They definitely hype up how fucking wasted and how much of an asshole Josh Brolin's character is. Well, yeah. like, that's the whole thing is, like, the the original, like, you kind of get, like, this lovable oaf vibe from Odesu. Yeah. Like, you could tell, like, he probably has, like, some type of trauma, some type of darkness to him because he's, like, obviously an alcoholic, but he's not, like, being an asshole. He's just... He's he, in this situation. He over is. Over the top and everything. You, like, he does- there's, like, some, like redeeming value to him mm-hmm. in well, the spike lee version he just walks up and he's like i'll piss it on a building fuck these dudes i'm a fucking <laughs> alpha fuck you yeah the fuck sp- my daughter's birthday <laughs> the spike lee version goes out of their way to joe Doucette is the main character in the spike lee version they go out of their way to kind of establish that joe is a piece of shit like right off the top and uh, they don't waste any time doing that. Like, the scene opens... Odesu's uh, scene opens with him in the jail cell. Kind of being a lovable, like K-Town said, a lovable oaf, lovable drunk. But uh, Spike Lee's version opens with Joe on the move, out the bar, pissing on the side of a building, filling his fucking soda cup up with alcohol. And they actually play a lot heavier on his alcoholism in the uh, Spike Lee version. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. In in the uh, the original, they definitely make his moral character much more ambiguous. Is we don't really yeah. we just know that he's having a wild drunk night. It definitely does let us know. It, there's a little bit of character development in terms of knowing like this is the type of guy who was a probably like you said a fun guy, and that does kind of get reiterated later on when we see the uh, the flashbacks the of flashbacks his childhood. Of and I wonder if that's a cultural thing, real quick. If that's just like uh, because I didn't notice that stark difference in like character development in the original old boy. Like yeah. we they. They really like they spend they go in detail on some things that we would never go in detail in American movies. But as far as character development, we are figuring out who Odesu is along the way. Immediately, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like along the way, Joe Dusset. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. That's Dusset, what that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. the remake. Like, it, yeah, it's very direct. They're like, this is who he is. Yeah. They, they they develop it immediately, and yeah. I I feel like yeah I feel like there's uh, like kind of not even like the same thing. Like I feel like there is a lot of character growth in the original, like he starts off as his oaf and by the end he's this revenge filled monster. Mm -hmm. And then the Spike Lee version, like he's just an asshole in the beginning. He's an asshole in the middle. He's an (laughs) asshole in the end. (laughs) 
yes pretty much there's no like there's no like growth or wave he's just like a flat line of like oh he's a piece like at no point did i i see like oh wow this dude's changed this dude's a different person he's just straight through like even in the hotel they're feeding him alcohol he's just drunk asshole well let's whole movie uh, well, let's get there so uh while odesu is he's bailed out from a friend but in his drunken stupor when his friend is on the phone uh he just ends up wandering away and gets just abducted gets his ass kidnapped yeah and the next so, hold on that's a big thing too and i i saw in these two scenes was odesu is he gets out of jail and he calls his daughter because it's her birthday the next tomorrow mm-hmm. and he's like hey i'm coming home i'm gonna come see you i love you i miss you all this stuff and then in the same scene in the Spike Lee version, he's like arguing with his baby mama and he's like, she's fucking four. I don't need to come to her fucking birthday. Yeah. 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 Really just like digging in on the asshole thing. Yeah. yeah. Odesu like, does. Fuck my daughter. Odesu does call his daughter from a payphone, call his wife. In, 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 the, in the original one, he's still married uh, yeah. and he calls his wife from a payphone, even though he does seem a little drunk and distracted. And gives the phone to his best friend Wuhan to talk to his wife and daughter for some reason. Yeah, that was strange. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, he he, gets... uh, he wanted he wanted to wish the daughter a happy birthday. True. Yeah. I mean, he did bail him out of jail. He's like, hey, I'm I'm bringing him home, basically. Well, he gets abducted, and then it cuts to a shot of him trying to get out of a hole in the middle of the floor. It's such a rough cut because, like, I mean, in the movie, it shows him just kind of disappear. That the credits all come up. It's old boy, and that's when we see immediately like what looks like a like a gulag. Yeah. He basically like you just see his head at the bottom and a dude's shoe so like it is just immediately like, he's just on the fucking floor <laughs> like, and you're like did terrible. i miss something here dude what happened they just jump right into it he's abducted he's in the fucking hotel room but and that's what's crazy and then the next shot shows him in a hotel room so it's this weird thing where it's like a prison but it's a very unique prison and a little bit more will be revealed later on but i think the idea of having like this hotel room that serves as like a sort of uh private prison um is fascinating <laughs> just that, that's very that to me that was very striking just seeing that contrast yeah and th- i i don't like i i don't want to be like just like my whole entire purpose this podcast is <laughs> just like saying like how shitty fucking spike lee remade this scene but like it's just shit compared to it like everything about this like from the setup and everything like, the two different versions are completely different and completely shit in my mind. Well, let's get into a little bit of what goes down during his stay in captivity. Yeah, so- I, I, was, ah, shit, I wasn't going to get into it. Yeah, but the Spike Lee scene is a little bit different. Hey, we don't got to get into it. It's a little bit different, but I feel it like sucks. it's the difference between, like, what we said, that rough cut, and then we actually, with the Spike Lee version, you see him, instead of just disappear, you see him wander over to a woman with an umbrella and then he's, he disappears. And he assumes when he, he wakes up in a hotel and assumes that he went to bed with this woman because he was extremely drunk the night before. And there's no one else in the hotel room. The shower's running, but there's no one in there. And you get to kind of play out his panic as he realizes he's trapped in a hotel, mm-hmm. which they didn't really do in the Korean version. It, you know, it's a little more fast paced, but this was a little slower for people who aren't as quick, you know, be like, hey, this dude's realizing he's trapped. They made it, like, with the assumption that you hadn't seen the original, almost. So, like, you, yeah. you're led into this, and you're wondering, like, oh, what happened to him? Some shit went down, and then you're gradually, you gradually realize, oh, he's fucked. Whereas, like, yeah, in the Korean version, in the original version, it's just like, bam! Like, you're just, I mean, I, I like that better because I feel like, you know, the idea of it just, like, kind of hitting you so suddenly is so much more intense and, like, sl- it's slowly kind of coming in. But, I don't know, honestly, I'll give, I'll give the Spike Lee version... I, I won't really take off too many for that. I, I don't think it's I feel terrible. like that's more catered to an American audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I was gonna yeah. say, 
I think that's a big thing with a lot of American like cinema and shit is like you have to be hand fed plot points. You have to hold yeah. the hand of the audience. It's dumbed down and, like, extremely. The the Korean version, like in that instant, you know immediately when he's poking his head out that hole, it goes from the street to him poking his head out the hole, begging and pleading with this foot to be let free that you know yeah. he's he's trapped somewhere. Like yeah. you don't need all that buildup. You don't need the hand holding. And it's it's so it's so quick in split second, like you said, it's like it's shocking. Because an American audience is just like, what? What? Huh? What happened? What happened? How do you how to get there? That, how are you just Look, gonna pick a guy up and like, throw him in a hotel? Grab my hamburger. I love my I love my <laughs> girlfriend with all my heart, but like I hate watching movies with her because like she has to know what's going on. Like she doesn't <laughs> want to like like as soon as something happens, she's like, "Why is that happening?" K Town, like, you hey, better be careful. I see Kaylee back there. <laughs> yeah, I see her right, right there. behind you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I tried, dude. I tried. She. I finally talked her into watching Star Wars: A New Hope like five years ago. Within the first ten minutes, I had to stop it eight times oh, and do a ten minute explanation because why is he in a suit? Why is he why is he breathe like that? Who's this guy? Why are they on a desert planet? And I'm just like, all right, we don't have to watch it anymore. I can't do this. Like you win, we won't watch you win. it. We don't gotta watch you this win. movie. Okay, so like, I feel like a lot of American audiences are like that. They have yeah. to like be spoon fed yeah. in the moment. They can't figure stuff out on their own. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit of what happens to him while he's stuck in his hotel room. For one, he's gassed regularly for, like, cleaning and things like that. Anything that they need to, like, fix. He just gassed regularly. Um, he's ejected with drugs a lot, which is kind of goes with the hypnosis element. They take his, his blood. Yeah, they take his blood. Mm -hmm. uh, he tries to kill himself several times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's stuck in a room with nothing but a TV yeah, I he mean, actually he tries to whack. He tries to whack off, and he can't even whack off to uh, some chick singing a song because the song's too so, short. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'll kill myself." Yeah. I think, I think, I think that's like the two contrasts between those two scenes: the American version, and the Korean version, are amazing. The Korean version, like Ode Su, is like in agony. You're seeing him try to jerk off to get like some type of like connection. Like connection. Like he's completely cut off from everyone. He's wanting a connection and then like the american version he's just like watching some yoga and he's like yeah i'm fucking busting a nut bro. <laughs> yeah they, they... and then like like the first one's like sorrow filled like you can feel his shame through the fucking tv like he feels the shame that he's to this point where he's touching a television set trying to get human connection from it and then josh brolin's just beating his dick well what we're talking about at this point is just the difference between actors <laughs> like yeah. josh brolin's performance is is all well, in all direction too direction well yeah like i mean yeah i mean it's kind of a, it's kind of somehow it's, it's sometimes kind of tricky to pinpoint like whose fault it lands on but i don't think josh Bro josh brolin was not belting it out like uh, this actor, uh, his name is Chanwook Park, or sorry, uh, Choi Min Sik. Um, Chanwook Park is the director, and I know I'm probably mispronouncing those. Sorry, but we tried. But uh, but yeah, I, I think like the guy who plays Ode Su is like he's giving a Nicolas Cage performance. He's belting yeah. this yeah. shit out. All emotions are fully torqued. Josh Brolin, like he he's. He's going to be in he's the asshole when he has to be the asshole, but when he's going through agony, he doesn't have that range at all yeah, to express think, that. Yeah, he's just kind of like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. oh, no, I'm angry. Oh, sad. Yeah. I don't think it comes through at all. I, I will say straight up, like, uh, the actor who plays Ode Su, uh, like, even his 
physical fucking uh, transformance from that first scene when he's in the fucking yeah the clean cut to yeah, the crazy to when he's, he's locked up in the hotel like I don't even recognize him yeah and he's just smiling yeah. he's like yeah he like, looks completely different per- he he does like a fucking uh, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker like and but yeah, it's in the yeah. same movie like. He never looks like that like he does in the first fucking five minutes of the movie ever again in the movie. All right. I will say something I like about the American version over the original. Holy shit. Is the mouse. The mouse. Dude, I was going to say, this is the... (laughs) The American version, he builds a bond with this mouse and like she has... The mouse has babies and like that's like that's his connection. That's what's keeping him sane. He has this whole like relationship with this mouse and her babies and like trying to feed them and take care of them and then like the hotel guys find out and like when he goes to open his food tray for the day they fucking steal the mice and it's the fucking mouse steam yeah that that might be the most brutal thing in the 2013 yeah that one actually there's a lot of brutal shit that they kind of amp up throughout that movie but that was a particular i was like they really took them back and cooked the mice so we get a little more time with odacu and like live through like we spend time in odacu's mind for a movie they do a good job of putting you in the character's head in the 2013 version or the spike lee version they're not as as tactful with that but they do give you these two scenes to show you they're trying to show you him losing his mind quote unquote and they give you this mice scene where he's desperate for you like you said connection at all he finds this mouse and he fucking you know falls in love with it and then they take it away but then there's another scene there's a photo in josh brolin's hotel of like a butler saying how can we help you and then there's this scene where he's in the shower and he hears like someone laughing watching TV and it's the butler from the photo. And then he offers him some popcorn and Josh Brolin is like stoked. He's like, fuck yeah, brother. He goes and reach out to get the popcorn. And the guy's not there. And it shows you he's just like, okay, I'm fucking like losing my, I'm hallucinating and shit. Yeah, I think that that's kind of like callbacks to ways that we've had that same type of psychosis represented in films before. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that's some like The Shining type shit. You but know? all that to say is I think that's as close as they get in the Spike Lee version of showing you his break with reality. I think Odysseus' break with your reality is much more felt. Yeah. Uh, so let's go over just a couple other things that happens while he's chilling in this hotel room. Comment on any of them as you like, but he starts fucking punching walls in the... He, he starts punching uh, the walls for combat practice. Um, he starts hallucinating ants coming out of his skin. He tattoos himself to try to keep up with how many years are going by. He tries to escape, and he eventually finds out that he was framed for uh, pretty much the murder of his own um, wife. Yeah, framed for the murder of his wife. They used his, they came in when, one of the times when they gassed him in, in the beginning, they came in, they took some blood from him and, uh, and some fingerprints and they used that to frame him. They murdered his wife, I guess, and used that to frame him for it. Yeah. Uh, with the samples they got. They upped the ante in the Spike Lee version. They take a little, they take a little of that nut from him when he was whacking off to the workout video. <laughs> they literally, like, with a vile, like, squeegee, like, some nut off of his boxers. That was just, like, crazy. I didn't, I didn't realize. I will admit, uh, the last time I saw this movie when we were doing this for research, I was very drunk. Well, <laughs> so I don't remember it too well, so. It's kind of ridiculous. They squeegee, like, some semen off of his Wait, so was this like wet globular semen? Yeah, it's really ridiculous. I couldn't, like, it was so, but, but, so instead of just the murder of his wife, they frame him for the rape and murder of his wife in the Spike Lee version. Which is, I think that's representative of a parallel you're going to see in like so many different ways with the original and the Spike Lee version. Spike Lee version of like being as good or better than the original was just to amp up all the brutal shit. It's like, instead of murder, it was a rape and a murder. Instead of beating up some random kids, he beats up a whole fucking high school football team, which 
will get to. Like, there's just like, they, he just amps everything up times two, and that's his version of being better. Yeah, they just trying to one-up the original version. Yeah. Um, and also, I thought it was interesting, in the original and uh, the new, and the more, the, the modern one, or the 2013 version, um, there's a montage of all the historical events that transpire while they're being <laughs> held captive. And um, in the Korean version, they show 9-11. Uh, they show some scenes of Kim Jong-il. They show a bunch of uh, historical events I am assuming are much more significant to South Korea that I'm a little bit unaware of. Um, but yeah, I thought that was intriguing. Do y'all remember many of the things that were in the American montage? It was like Bill Clinton getting sworn in. Uh, I don't even know if 9-11 was in there. It had it to be. Had right? to it had to have been in there. That would right? be crazy. They just uh, on a, dude, conservatives would have fucking protested that movie. It was mostly presidents. It was like Bill Clinton getting sworn in and like Barack Obama getting sworn in. Just like, there's there's another one. <laughs> yep. So in the original, he spends 15 years in this prison. I think in the remake, it's like, what, 20? It's 20. Yeah, so... Another, uh, another, uh... uh Upping the ante. Exactly. So in the original, uh, Odesu is one day hypnotized after 15 years of being in this room, and he wakes up in a suitcase in what looks like a vast green field, which I love that shot because it's basically like a symbol of like everything that's going to go on from here on out. It's like it looks free, but he's not free at all. Yeah, he's on a rooftop. Yes, the whole time he's actually on a rooftop. That's just a really brilliant shot. And I also love how, I don't remember how they do this in, in the remake, but uh, when he sees the sun, there's just that like that sound where it's like sing you're just like fuck and like you feel that pain of someone who has not seen the natural sun in 15 years and he's immediately out there on a bright sunny day on a fucking in a, in a, on a rooftop yeah and I ain't seen the sunlight in three damn days <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he he wakes up on a rooftop and there's a dude up there and he immediately like you know walks to the dude starts touching his face he's like holy shit yeah which is so weird fucking person this dude's got the most chapped fucking lips I've ever seen <laughs> he's holding a fucking little a little poodle dog and uh well my my dude's basically been in solitary for 15 years yeah yeah he's just happy to like, see people, fucking people, a person he had mental breakdowns over like 10 days in solitary <laughs> yeah he's yeah. been 15 fucking years that was such an interesting shot to see him just desiring to feel another person he doesn't give a shit about who it is or what that guy's doing he just has to feel his face but it's such a fucked up scene because <laughs> that guy he's holding like this little dog and he's about to kill himself and literally like Ode Sue saves him when he's like about to drop off he like grabs his tie and he says the line, die a little later, and he only he pretty much only saves the suicide guy just so he can tell him his life story. He's got a lot to get off his chest. Yeah. We didn't we forgot to mention too that Ode Sue also wrote because of he was actually as jolly as we thought he was, he was a bit of an asshole in his life and he wronged a lot of people. In his fifteen years in solitary confinement, he wrote letters and fucking about all the people that he fucking uh all the people he'd wronged in his life. A lot of letters. In uh, Spike Lee's version, it was like notes and stuff. Notebooks. But anyway, he's dying to talk to someone. He makes this guy sit down and he tells him the entire fucking story of his life. He's got to get this shit off his chest, man. And what's fucked up to me is he's like, there it is. There's my story. And then the suicide guy's like, all right, wow. Well, let me tell you my story. And ODC was just like, nah. no, and just walks away. He literally just walks away. He didn't say anything. He just walks away. From yeah, it's like a, a weird kind of like really like uh, dark humor. They just kind of threw into that scene. So then he go. The next shot is him in that fucking elevator. Just like this, this like this old lady with like some weird sunglasses. Just like oh fuck, and he's just like, 
like just on this like just I wanna fuck so bad. Yeah, dude. He's showing the utmost restraint because he wants to fuck so bad. Well, what's crazy is in the next shot you realize that he like took her sunglasses and she's like crying. We don't really know what happened in that elevator. And then as he's walking by, the fucking suicide dude just bloop, just pounds and just falls on a fucking car behind him with the dog. With his dog. His dog didn't do anything. His dog didn't deserve to die. What was that about, dude? Yeah, that's kind of a big move, right? If you no, were to kill, no, no, bro, no, if it, no, no, bro, separation anxiety. That dog would have freaked out. Like, what if they were super close and like his owner died? Then he would have been depressed. So, so you're like, saying, you with you. so you're that saying, dog couldn't have been rehomed, bro. So are you saying if somebody should decide to kill themselves, they should bring their animal with them? Take no, them out. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I just like understand. Sounds like, like what you're saying. Like no, to like okay, say I die. I want my cat to be in my uh, sarcophagus with me in the pyramid. Okay. <laughs> Which would cat, your cat Ellie? be? Yeah, Ellie. Would would she be killed to get in there, or would you just put her in yeah, there yeah, alive? Yeah, no, 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 no. Euthanasia. I don't know about that, man. Yeah, that sounds rough, doggy. No, right. no. If I die tomorrow, that cat has nothing to live for. <laughs> I am her whole world. Wow. I am her whole world. <laughs> She wakes up every day and she's like, oh, let me wake up and first realize that one, I'm the most beautiful thing on this planet. And two, my father is the most important thing to me other than me. Uh, Kaylee's back there like, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> hey, Kaylee, Kaylee knows what it is. Ellie loves, Ellie, loves, Ellie loves her father. Ellie loves her father. So in the original version, um, he after he leaves the building, he's walking around and he sees just a bunch of hooligans in the street, just fucking, uh, I don't even know what, they're playing hacky sack or smoking cigarettes, whatever they were doing. A little bit of both. So he rolls up. Um, smoking his... Yeah, he takes a cigarette. Yeah, he takes a cigarette out of his hand, and somebody calls him a dick shit, and then he, they all try to, like, score up with him, and he just beats the shit out of them. Hasn't seen, so, like, basically, the first dude he sees kills himself. Second person he sees, he just takes her sunglasses and does whatever. Then the next, like, nine people he sees, he just beats the shit out of them. Well, he wants to see if he can put 15 years of fucking training from TV to work. That is such bullshit to and me. And it works, he says. <laughs> That's not, man, you're gonna, you can't just, I mean, look, I'm not like some fighting expert or whatever, but there's no way you're just practicing on walls for 15 years. <laughs> you can just come out. Yeah, but that, I mean, that was the whole, but if you watch like the fights and everything, he's still getting his ass beat through half of those fights. Not in that like, fight he's, scene. He's <laughs> like, but like the next one is like the most brutal fight scene of all time. Like he's not we'll get like into some. It. He's not like picking a dude up and breaking their ankle in half like the American version when he goes and picks up a 400 pound football player and breaks him in half. <laughs> yeah, dude. So like he's fucking Thanos. Dude, the the American version was so wild to me. He just rolls up and fucks up like the whole football team. So he it's a slightly different situation. He just a dude and like breaks his jaw. There's like, no, there's so no like person to talk out of suicide. He actually wakes up at the box and he sees a woman with the umbrella that. I guess, uh, kidnapped him originally walking off in the distance. So he follows her past, and then he follows her past like a group of, I guess what, high school kids, like just drinking beer and chilling. And, uh, he catches up with her, grabs her. And she says like, what the fuck get off of me? And fucking one of the guys, you know, comes up like, Hey, get the fuck off of that chick. And then he just beats the living shit out of these fucking like. Not even like I'm pretty sure he kills like three of them. Yeah. He like breaks and this kid's like, neck, dude. Yeah, yeah. He just like, it's not even like, 
like the original is like he's beating the shit out of some people, which but it's still not like he's not like picking them up one handed and throwing them thirty feet away. Yeah, some of them but might like, have gone to the hospital and had a rough few weeks of recovery. But the American version, like he straight up just kills like. <laughs> he just, and they're like, fucking dude. He picks a dude up and just like bends him in half over his fucking dude. These are him. just like high school football players. Who are in the right? It's they, literally the football team who's trying to help a lady. They were trying to help a chick. And like, it's it. got like all their girlfriends are just like, oh my God. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's literally like, about to kill a man with a shoe before he starts to hear the girlfriends crying for him to stop. He's, he's like, like, I only want to kill two people. Oh, today. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't kill this high school kid with his fucking football cleat. Yeah, man, that shit was so ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, moving along with the original version, uh, he's super confused, he's walking around, he's contemplating everything, um, and at one moment, a dude just rolls up and gives him a phone and a wallet full of cash. He's basically like, hey, here you go, figure it out, I don't know what's up. It's a homeless dude, and he says, don't bother asking me any questions, I don't know anything else, and he walks away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we should say, too, that in the Spike Lee version, he wakes up in the box with the phone and the, and the money. <clears throat> See, I love, I love the because that's that's just weird. Like that's yeah, like, what you would expect to happen. But the Korean version, like that, that now all of a sudden there's a mystery. Yeah, like, what the fuck is going on? And also the confusion of the other guy. Like this guy just rolls up, this haggard looking dude is just like, oh, I don't know, man. Here you go. And like it gradually leads into it. We're like, we realize, okay, he's yeah. pissed. He's got some emotional issues. So he's just like a raw dude out here in the world. What the fuck? And then we're given this kind of uh, thing that kind of puts him back into civilization. This new mystery. Yes. And it's well, a new and mystery. It also, it also, it's also makes everything uneasy now because it's like, all right, well, this guy's obviously just like, he could be anywhere then because yeah, yeah. Like, like he's being he's random people to come to me like he could be anyone or anything like i have to be on guard at all times now. yeah odesu yeah. is definitely being watched you get the vibe when when this homeless man brings him a phone yeah so moving along with the plot odesu goes to a fish restaurant because he says that he wants to eat something alive uh he meets a young girl um and they uh, she prepares him a live octopus which he eats and he just fucking passes out in the middle of eating. And obviously there's some other stuff to talk about there as well. But that was the craziest shit to seeing him eat this fucking octopus. Yeah, that's a really wild scene. When I when I watched this movie the second time, I definitely opted out on watching that scene. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's a little I mean, brutal. it's a it's an actual live octopus scene. Yeah, you cannot do that. I mean, I, to, it goes without saying that they did not redo this scene in the remake. What's but, interesting uh, is in the the actor Choi Min Seek in the original, he's a vegetarian Buddhist. So for him, this was like some real like, all right, like I'm gonna do something that I don't like because you'd think that that was some guy who like yeah this dude is like a meat eating dude he's not afraid to fucking eat a live octopus but this is a guy who does not eat anything that was ever alive which I just find like very intriguing um you know and apparently like he prayed for all the octopus before yeah like them. there was four takes and he prayed so there are four different octopus and he prayed over yeah he prayed fuck? for forgiveness over each one was it squid I think they're squid actually but fucking uh, yeah, I think it's an octopus I, okay it was an octopus it, it was an octopus it's octopus Fucking hell, a round dude. head. I'm going to say his commitment to being a fucking savage actor seems like it was a little bit stronger than his commitment to being a vegetarian Buddhist. So us, <laughs> this being a spoiler cast, we have to mention like what pretty much transpires here is he's talking to this young girl and then his phone rings. And at the time, you don't really know what's going on, but it is revealed that 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 cell phone uh, ringtone um, combined with him saying who is this was a hypnotic spell put on this girl who is Mido Mido his daughter 
And also the youngest female Japanese cuisine chef in all of Korea. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Hello, Yelp. <laughs> so so uh, the hypnosis was for her to fall in love with him at this very moment. Again, if, I mean, if you watch this movie the first time, you didn't know any of this. But she's been hypnotized to fall in love with him. Um, and he passes out while eating the squid. And... Um, yeah, if you're the first time you watch this movie, this just seems like a really weird beat because yeah. like he's eating this fucking live squid, which is like squirming all over his face as he eats it, and as he chops it down, fucking. Uh, and then as he gets the phone, he answers it, which you're like, oh shit, we're about to get some answers. Mm-hmm. And then Mito grabs his hand, he passes out. Next scene, we're in her apartment. So it's yeah. like on first watch, it's like, what the fuck? Like what? What's happening here? That's that's the big thing with the original movie is hypnot- hypnotism is it's a big plot point. A, yeah, it's a it's a plot it's a plot device to make sense of all the coincidences that happen throughout the movie. Like he just happens to walk into the front that his daughter's working at. He just happens to fall in love with his daughter. He just happens to actually. That's all a good question. Stuff. Why is like he walking hypnot- to the restaurant? Yeah, yeah you're, you're talking the, about the, the, the Spike Lee version where it just happens to happen. No, no. Why does he walk into yeah, the restaurant well, that's, that's, that Mito's in? That's a good question. That's what. That's because of hypnotism. Like all of its. All of he its, wanted to eat something that was living, and that okay. was the type of place we could get. Oh, something. and he had seen yeah. her on TV. Oh yeah, true, that's true, why yeah. he knew no, she like, was the youngest Japanese female cuisine chef in all of Korea. That's what I'm saying. Like the hypnotism makes sense in that universe as a plot device yeah. to move everything forward. It, it's an the hypnotism's a bit. Much well, we, well, we got to talk about what you're referring to is the fact that in the remake. There's um, no hypnotism and no plot device. Yeah, it's just that, like, I guess in the remake, isn't it pretty much where, like, this, the mastermind, who we'll get to eventually, basically just orchestrated things, and he was just like, yeah, this will work. He leads... Yeah, he made a Well, in, at least in show. this... In, well, we'll get to that. But in this point where we are in the plot, instead of him being hypnotized to go to the restaurant, he's led by the lady in the umbrella okay. to the medical... It's not a restaurant that uh, uh, his uh, daughter... Or this other female love, in- young female love interest works at, in the Spike Lee version, she works at a medical clinic, a mobile medical clinic, and he's led there by the lady with the umbrella. So in both cases, the major kind of uh, the plot thread that is happening right here, the major kind of uh, part of the the plot that's happening is he is being uh, the the strings are being pulled so that. Odesu is now rooming with his daughter because after he passes out, he wakes up in her apartment to her reading his journal. So she's already kind of getting a perspective of who he is. Um, and again, in the original version, she has already been hypnotized to fall in love with him. Whereas in the remake, it's just kind of like, oh, she's just, I guess, a nice girl. It's it, I, it's well, a little in, more than that. But yeah. Well, in, sure. in the remake, he doesn't even go back to the, the daughter's house. No. He goes to his bar and meets his friend. His oh, best yeah. friend. His friend and finds his friend finds the daughter's business card and calls her. Yeah, because he runs into her in the okay, in the this is gonna get so convoluted. So in the Spike Lee version, instead of going to the restaurant, he is led to the medical mobile medical clinic by the woman with the umbrella. The umbrella switched off to a bum who he tries to beat up. Oh yeah. Stopped by <laughs> fucking Marie Sebastian is when he runs into her at the medical clinic. And she tells him, because she's already, like, she's thirsty from him for the second, like, she meets him. She first, she tries to stop him from beating up this bum, but then she's like, hey, you look like you need help. And uh, she gives him her card. He storms off, goes to meet his best friend Chucky at the bar, who he hasn't seen in 20 years. And you, you run into his best friend a little sooner in the Spike Lee version, but I gotta say, he runs into his best friend, and he hasn't seen him in 20 years. This guy's accused of murdering and raping his wife. He kind of just, like, lets him in. 
Yeah. Hey, that was kind of wild. He's I love you guys both to death. <laughs> but Mark. if I don't see you guys for 20 fucking years and word on the street is you murdered and raped your wife, I might have some follow-up questions before I just let you into my that's spot. That's why it doesn't make sense to me cuz like it's the same thing. Happened. I mean, it's the same thing in the in the old boy yeah, in the 2003 yeah. version. Either way, yeah, it's yeah. the exact same situation. No, the but the old boy 2003 version, there's he just the murdered his wife. He didn't rape her. I'm talking no, about. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about oh, for yeah, his yeah, best yeah. friend. Like his best yeah, friend just yeah. opens him in with open arms. Like in both in both versions, <laughs> there's a friend that yeah. that has been told that that you have fucking uh, at least murdered your wife, which is pretty bad like in the first place and he's just like oh what's up bro but we'll get to that anyway um so this is really fucked up in the original uh raftery wakes up in mido's room again this is his daughter you don't know this yet but that's his daughter uh she goes to use the bathroom and this dude just busts into the room and tries to rape her while she's on the bathroom or while she's trying to use the bathroom and she just smacks the shit out of him with the butt of a dull knife yeah Um, she's on the toilet with the butcher knife yeah and just fucking, yeah, just beats the shit out of him, and he, like, flees out of the bathroom, and when she comes out, he's ready to get to leave, because he's, he realizes what he did was really fucked up, and he's ashamed, but she's like, it's hey. fine? Hey, I get it. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> no. I was like, what? I mean, it makes <laughs> no. sense, because she was hypnotized. I'm not defending it, but, like, it's, it's like, a, a good way to show, like, how much of his humanity he lost in isolation. Yes. That, yeah, oh, that, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. like, he got to that point where, like, he felt like that was what he needed to do. I like, think it's it, it, really that, that whole prison thing changed him fundamentally. Odesu yeah. is much more damaged as a person from his solitary confinement for yes. the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like there's a lot of scenes in the movie where he's like I said, in his head, like literally we're spending time having uh, monologues with him in his head while he says little to nothing to actual characters. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not as apparent or as well done in Spike Lee's version the breach with reality that Odesu has had. Yeah, it's and, interesting. In the original, there's a lot of moments where he's talking to Mi Do, and she'll say something, and he'll just look at her, and you'll hear his internal monologue, and I guess it's implied that she just kind of knows intuitively yeah. what he's trying to communicate, but we can actually hear his true dialogue. Or he'll respond to someone with, like, a literal quote from something he heard on TV. Like, yeah. there's a couple times that characters ask him, like, why are you talking like that? Yeah. Because he's, like... Fucked up in the head, and he's talking like he's a, he's almost I don't know he's just a little bit fucked up after yeah. his solitary confinement. I mean, yeah, I mean, and it makes sense. It's kind of like when you think of like feral children almost, but like being fe- being like raised, being put feral after having already lived an entire life. And and yeah, in the original version, they really do kind of emphasize how this guy's mind has been totally. He has no social skills. They've all been completely yeah. warped. Um, his, his social skills are completely fucked. Yes. Um. But uh, a little bit while later, it is revealed that uh, Mido was adopted and her mother's death was blamed on her father, who, of course, is Su. Odesu. Odesu, but she doesn't know that he's Odesu, and he's just seeing that, and he's just like... Uh... Oh, actually, he's not there when, when they find that out. He probably would have known that that was his daughter in the first place, but she finds that out on, his, on her... We find that out as the... Uh, the um, there's a little bit of dramatic. We, there's a little bit of dramatic ironies. He does not know that, but it is revealed that she was adopted. See, I didn't even pick up on that. I think this is a good time to talk about before we get too much further, because these movies really start to diverge around this point and turn into two separate movies. I want to talk about the motivations of both of our protagonists in the movies, because they're wildly different already at this point in the movie. So, Ode Sue's complete motivation at this point is revenge. 
He gets out and he wants to get revenge on whoever locked him up for 50 years. He even gets this information to where his daughter is in like Switzerland or something. And he's not pressed on following up on that. Yeah, he's he puts like, it on the back burner. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll link up with my daughter after I kill this motherfucker. Yeah. Joe Doucette, the whole time, this is where the stories are a little bit different. He's been shown TV footage of his daughter, Mia, quote unquote, uh, and her growing up on this TV show. So he believes that she's alive and someone entirely. So when he gets mm. out, his motivation is to get to his daughter and get forgiven by his daughter because mm. and, and, and prove his innocence to his daughter and that he was wrongly accused. That's his whole entire motivation. Um, so, like, yeah, as we go on, we're going to see that these movies are going in two different directions. Again, I think that's a big element. Of, that's a big kind of cultural element, you yeah. know, is I think that uh, the, the... The family uh, element. Yeah, whereas, like, the revenge plot is one that I think is much more, like... I, I feel like that's, that's played a lot in Japanese, Korean, and Chinese cinema. Mm-hmm. Like, the revenge plot. Um, whereas in America, we're just like... I, I guess we just don't... I gotta care. save my family. I gotta save well, my family from the, the libs. <laughs> I mean, it's still, like, he's still protective of his family, in my mind, because, like... Who, Odesu? From the moment... Yeah, because from the moment he gets out, he knows that there's this force that put him in, and that, excuse me, is still, like, hunting him. Like, yeah. with the homeless guy and stuff like that. Like, there's somebody after him, so, like... His first priority to protect his daughter is to end that threat. Yeah. See, that, and that's why I'm saying these movies are different at that point because literally once Joe gets out, like we said, he has the phone and already the phone and stuff already when he gets out. And literally on the phone is a picture of his daughter, Mia, yeah. with a countdown timer on it. Well, so I these think that's, are that's going- a big, yeah, I mean, that's a big thing is like Joe was a piece of shit his whole life and was shitty to his daughter. So like, he has like this subconscious like guilt already, but before all this crazy shit happened, that he needs to apologize for that, and then on top of everything else, Daisu was actually like a, I guess like a decent father almost. It seemed like he was a drunk, yeah, but like he doesn't have that like inherent guilt of just like blowing off his daughter twenty four seven and being a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So moving on with the plot of the original, he uh he like they go to a few restaurants and he th- he gets the idea to try uh, the dumplings at like over a hundred different restaurants in his area because he was fed fried dumplings like constantly when he was in prison. So his idea is to try to find the restaurant that has dumplings that taste exactly like the ones that he found while captive. Yeah, because you've been eating dumplings for over a decade from one place, you'll know what they taste like. Every when you taste single them. meal for every single day for fifteen years. Yeah. So you'll know him when you taste him. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, he finds uh, Mido, his daughter, talking to some sketch dude online. He starts to get kind of uh, like zoinked out. He's like, okay, I can't, I can't really trust I you. I can't trust you. Yeah. Uh, so he, he gets back to dumpling hunting. Um, and one time he sees a guy leave with a really large order of dumplings with that same flavor. Like it's when he's at this restaurant. He sees a guy walk away. Hey, that's perfect. That's my dude. So uh, he follows the guy. He gets to the building where he was held captive. He finds the camera guy and he... He fucking proceeds to take the camera guy's teeth out with a hammer um, when he doesn't initially tell him who held him captive. That's his whole goal is to find out who the fuck put me in here. And he's like, our clients, uh, their, uh, their their privacy is deeply respected at our establishment. It's like, bitch, what the fuck? This is the part that fucked me up. Like I said, I saw the original version first. 
And for the most part, as far as plot goes, this plays out pretty much the same. But this part kind of fucked me up because you kind of feel like, or I felt like when I first watched this movie, that like, it was this dude who was doing this all to him. At this point in the movie, you realize this is like some third-party service that like just does this, that just imprisons people, and that's their thing. It's really similar to the plot of Hostel. Yeah, yeah. This is just some Hostel-type corporation. Just, that, just rich assholes have a place that like only other rich assholes know about where you can pay to just put someone you don't fuck with in a room for 15 years, and they will be untraceable. And they'll even, I guess, like try to work with the police to get you framed for crimes. Like, yeah, yeah. Apparently, if the money's right, they will just lock your ass up. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, in the in the Spike Lee version, they go into more detail on this. With Samuel L's character is talking to the the main fucking. Uh, oh yeah, Samuel Jackson is the camera guy uh, in in the remake. Yeah, and he's and he's telling him he's like this establishment has existed for years, long before my time, and will exist long after mine. So like you get the sense that this is just something that just in the underbelly of society just exists. Yeah. You know, you can just have someone locked up. And he even says something like, yeah, it's assured. People that we've let out, they don't talk about this. This is just okay, yeah. <laughs> I guess. He like, tries to explain it. In the Korean version, I feel like they get, they're get they just like, yeah, whatever. This yeah. is what it is. It's like, just what, a thing. We don't need to explain how it exists. It's a fucking movie. Like, it's a fucking, this is part of the plot. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, he takes out uh, 15 of his teeth, one for each year that he was imprisoned. Um, and I don't, I, I, I didn't catch this when I was taking notes, but he gives the, the camera guy, uh, he just like pushes him back to a group of like 20 dudes. Why did he do that? And he asked them like who has a certain blood type. All, yeah, <laughs> all yeah. AB blood types, raise your hands. What this is reason? another, this is a cultural thing. He just doesn't want to kill this guy. You know, he just yeah, like, he didn't, he wasn't, he just wanted to teach him a lesson by pulling his teeth. He yeah. didn't want to kill him. In an American movie, we don't give a fuck about this guy. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but you know, yeah, that's just I feel like that's just a, a straight up cultural thing when they're like, hey, hey, take care of this guy. I know I fucked him up, but hey, here, here's your okay. guy back. Mm -hmm. So like the fight scene in this hallway. Let's yes. get into it. Let's get into it. Let yep. me let me if if there's one scene that you should watch out of this entire fucking film, it's this fight scene. This is like movie action movie nerds, like cinematography nerds, like director nerds. Everyone talks about this fight scene. This is one of the most beautifully shot and amazing fight scenes in all of cinema history. Like you talk to anyone and like this is like number one on everyone's like top fight scenes in any movie ever. Yeah, so like, this fight scene is amazing. So basically, after Odesu kicks the guy back into the crowd, it's like a crowd of like twenty or thirty dudes who want to fuck with them, and they just get to, like, brawling. And what I think is amazing about this fight is, like, uh, you know, usually when you see, um, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because this is, like, Asian cinema, but a lot of times when you see, like, a fight scene like this, there's some type of kind of, like, martial arts element. Yeah, you, no. you know, There's, like, some kung fu. There's something going on like that. Odesu is just going up and just scrapping. giving, just scrapping yeah. all these dudes, and it's all so well choreographed. He's yeah. fucking stabbed in the back. With the hammer and stuff. And I, li I like this yeah. scene, too, because, Dude. like, He's not a Superman. Like, your boy's getting fucked up doing this scene. He's yeah. taking yeah. hits. He's taking, like, sticks to the head. He does get stabbed in the back at a certain point. My only criticism with this scene is just that, like, all these goons, no one has a gun. I, I, I say the same thing in the Spike Lee version. I'm like, you've well, got I mean, 30 goons, and nobody here has a gun? Yeah, but what most, the fuck most, are y'all protecting? 
most Asian countries, like it is extremely, extremely, extremely hard to get a gun. That's fair. That's okay, what I was going to say. Yeah, that's fair. Not, in the, in like, the... There's not five handguns per American. But month. these guys are literally fighting my there guy with like... sticks. <laughs> like, that that is yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. I mean, I think that. I mean, I think in like I'm sure in South Korea they have some way to get guns, but I guess I mean they're just less prevalent out in America. Yeah, like. All those dudes should have had guns. Yeah, everybody should have had a gun. Which is like, what makes what is that fight. What are y'all protecting? Y'all protecting this building with sticks? Yeah, like you're just you <laughs> just you give that much of a fuck that you would like really punch for this. Just get a gun. It's not America. only that, not only that, but like there are no cuts in this shot. It is oh yeah, a, like a continuous like they like cut the hallway in half for the camera. It is a continuous, non-breaking, no-cut shot. This is no one retakes. Take. It's one fucking take of yeah. the most beautiful fucking fights. It took 17, yeah, 17, te- 17 tries to get this one take shot, man. But yeah, that like, shit it's just insane. is so clean. Like one fucking. And then shot. like the American version is just like Hollywood bullshit. There's fifty fucking cuts for like one dude. Like it's not a bunch of cuts. I believe when I first saw it originally, I thought it was in one take. Because it's played that way, it isn't. And that when I when I rewatch it, I can see that it's not. But it's not fifty cuts. It's there's, not like that. Yeah. They try they try to mimic the one take scene. There it's not- are a lot of continuity errors. I I I watched like like fifty like thirty minute videos just so I could be an asshole about this scene. <laughs> there are a lot of cut. If you want to do that, errors. if you want to last Jedi this, you could do that to the to the Korean version too, bud. But I mean, <laughs> I wasn't gonna get into that part. But I mean. It's not done in one what, take. What do you? It's mean? cut like I mean I'll give it. I mean it, it's cut like any other movie cuts up like a fight scene like that. I mean I mean yeah, you can... but there's like literally like two seconds. There's a guy in a purple shirt over to the left, and then literally two seconds later he's jumping off of a barrel to the right. Well, like, there's a lot of continuity. Errors. I'm gonna be real with saying, you. I didn't notice that, but what I noticed about the but difference... that's what I'm saying is like they the original like has so much detail, so much like fucking passion put into it and then this is just like another just like hollywood shot i mean what uh what the biggest difference i found between the two is the in the first one uh the hits like it feels it feels real it feels it feels like accurate with how he's been fighting throughout the movie it's just like he's just out here brawling in the remake it feels like they're just emulating the first one and trying to up it because it's the same cinematography style it's the same angle just with a few more cuts it's like it's it's just an upped version of it where like there's a few more like brutal kills in there, but it doesn't feel as natural. It just feels again like we're just watching this fucking miscellaneous like fucking a fight scene. this this the Punisher type of superhero guy just beat up a bunch of people. Like I think the 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 remake I think actually made it look a lot more brutal. It's just that it doesn't it doesn't hit the same. No. It doesn't it doesn't you, feel as real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and after that, he beats, like, all these dudes up, and he goes to an elevator, and there's a bunch of other dudes in the elevator, and then it just, like, cuts to him getting out of the elevator, and all those dudes just fall out. So he's fucked up. So he's up. killed, like, 40 dudes. I don't know if he's killed all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're not all dead. They're, like, kind of beat up, though, because you can hear them, like, groaning and shit in the back. They're, like, crawling across the floor, like, the one dude's, like, crawling and throws, like, a... A two by four at him and hits him as he's like walking away. And you do see these guys later all beat up and bruised up later, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So after uh, this hallway fight scene in this fucking uh, hotel place, uh, Odesu leaves and he's kind of stumbling down the street. And then there's this uh, quote that he has that I really like where he's uh, thinking to himself, I've now become a monster. When my vengeance is over, can I return to being Odesu? 
and you know just basically showing that he's like a different person like all the shit he's going through and the things he's doing is not the odesu that he was before his, his motivation is almost like uh it's existential it's like um if i don't get my revenge i will remain this animal this fucking yeah exactly the savage but uh so he ends up fucking just passing out in the street and uh uh a bystander what you think is a bystander picks him up and uh you know it's like oh my gosh are you hurt and puts him in a taxi sends him to an address and says farewell odesu we basically realize this is the antagonist this is the guy who's been fucking with him the whole time Mm -hmm. sends him back to mito's apartment Mito stitches him up, and I don't remember exactly how he finds the address for this guy. Well, because yeah, because he had he had gotten a tape from the oh, yeah. hotel That's right. that he played uh, at the internet cafe with his friend Juhan, and Juhan is the one who like, tracked him down using clues from that tape. That's right, and so yeah. he finds out that the fucking address is literally next door to Mito's house. Runs across the street to Mito's house and has this fucking first encounter with Lee Woo Jin. Which is so interesting to me because like watching this movie you're like wow like usually you you think that like you would think that he's going to take the entire movie until he finally tracks him down but very early on it's just like damn there's the fucking main dude there's the fucking final boss right there and then he's got this crazy leverage that he has over him where he's like where Daesu is about to kill Woo Jin uh, because he's like oh fuck you're the dude. You're the dude. But Woo Jin is like right before he's like about to fucking break this dude Woo Jin is like if you kill me you'll never know why i held you captive mm-hmm. and for some reason that's enough leverage for uh for Daesu to spare his life yeah i mean it is a big thing i mean he also has a bodyguard there yeah. but he does call him off he's like no no no, i got this yeah yeah kill me now and never find out why you were locked up for 15 years the white-haired bodyguard we'll get to him to we'll get to him later so this is where he kind of lays out everything for him he's like yeah. look at the you know everything everything find out who i am and why I held you for 15 years. Those are your two terms. If you don't, I'll kill your love interest, Mito. And uh, if you do, I'll kill myself. Yeah. I'll fucking kill myself. I'll fucking kill myself, brother. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and don't try and kill me too soon either. This is where it gets real anime. Yeah, this is wild. Don't try and kill me too soon because I got a pacemaker. And I actually paid the surgeon 100 extra grand to put a kill switch in there. So I can just kill my fucking self whenever I want. Yeah, he just pulls out this fucking US or this like fucking Bluetooth dongle that just has like, you just take out the, the it's like a pin. You take the cap off and there's just a big red button. And if you press that, you die. <laughs> At least that's what he says. We later find out. Yo, that this y'all, is... y'all wouldn't do that shit. <laughs> that no, like I don't want that control. I'll fucking uh, accidentally press that shit on accident. Exactly. There's no reason life. I would need that. I wouldn't even want someone to give me that. I would be like, why do you get? In case you ever want to kill yourself. Then <laughs> he's also like on the way out. Uh, after yeah, to add insult to injury, on his way out, like he's like, oh yeah, you might want to get back across the across the way because I think your girl's in trouble. Yeah. Because he basically called the dude to fucking Odesu kick their ass. He gave them the address to her house. So now they're all over there now. Yeah. So like, and he rolls up and they're just like, they're all up in there. And she's like, basically like stripped down. Not, she's not like, like completely naked, but they're definitely in like, like rape molest mode. Yeah. And it's really fucked up. And he's obviously completely <laughs> shook by this. 
my boy just said they in rape mood. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like it's definitely like uh, it's some it's some uh, some gang like that sounded like like almost like they in sicko mode, but they in rape mode. Yeah, there, there's there's a gang of dudes who are yeah they're now they're I gotta say shit, yeah. I got I gotta call this out. It's this plays out a little a little differently in the Spike Lee version. It's a little more ridiculous. So. Uh, they're at his best friend's bar, and uh, he fucking keeps getting these random phone calls and hang-ups from that uh, unknown number. But this time it pops up not unknown. He calls it back, and it rings, and it's just some fucking dude in the bar who answers it. Now, now we in the Spike Lee version, we get our antagonist reveal. In the bar. Yes, and it's a very oh. different character than... Uh... Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I hated the antagonist. No. In the Spike Lee version, that's when I was like, I'm done with this movie. He's just this James Bond. He's a very over-the-top British-like uh, archetype uh. villain. Uh, this antagonist is uh, the Stranger Man, as they call it, the Stranger, is a very posh, British, uh, sophisticated type, over-the-top, kind of cartoonish uh, character. And the terms are a little bit different. So it's in the bar... And uh, when he calls him, it rings, and he just kind of reveals himself. And when Josh Brolin goes to, like, attack this guy, like Odesu did, everyone in the bar is like a plant, and they, like, pretty much, like, uh, hold him captive as he explains his terms. He's like, look. And once again, we're upping the ante. He lays out everything. He's like, look, I lock you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you answer these two questions, I'm going to give you... First of all, this fucking video of the rape and murder of your wife, which he shows him, which is kind of fucked up. Uh, the fucking confession to that crime. And, and my So favorite. pretty much your ticket complete out of any implication to that crime. And then random, this this part is all, this is the most hamburger culture shit ever. They throw this on. Oh yeah, and $20 million in diamonds. <laughs> like, by the way, I'm also going to give you $20 million. And $20 million in diamonds. <laughs> Yes, uh, Joe, of course, Joe uh, what was his name, Joe Bin, Joe Bin Sue? Uh, Joe, Joe, oh, fucking hell, uh, Joe, Joe Blue, Dong. Lee Woo Jin, but in the, in, in the American version, his name is just Adrian Price. Adrian Price. <laughs> Adrian Price. My name's Adrian Price. Adrian Price. And I have two uh, million dollars oh, in diamonds. Also, he has his daughter, Mia. He's got her kidnapped, by oh, the way. Oh, and did I mention, I have your daughter? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's like the most corny fucking, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fucking 007-ass antagonist. the guy from Austin Powers? Uh, fucking... Uh, uh, it's basically that guy. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's basically that guy Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil without yeah, the cat. He's, he's basically he's, Dr. He's Evil. He's pretty much Dr. Evil without the cat. But fucking, uh, so yeah, $20 million in diamonds, fucking, uh, your daughter who I've kidnapped, Mia, and also I'll shoot myself, I'll fucking kill myself. Also, I'll fucking kill myself if you fucking And don't even dog. call the cops or think about anything. And at the same thing, like in the original version, you better get to fucking, uh, your love interest home because I got a bunch of dudes over there about, in rape mode. <laughs> now I'm feeling self-conscious about that term. <laughs> you said it! Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that that's the new coin term. Like we have, uh, pay your taxes. And oh we... no! <laughs> no! Oh god! No! no. Oh, yeah! No! <laughs> no! Don't even stop. Uh, hey, so... it's your boy K Town. Pay your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> 
that and your boy Payne. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Have that be stricken from nah. the record. Oh, you know. But go on. Let's get back. Let's get back to the original. You, you, you know version. what I meant when I was. But anyway, um, so when in the original version, when Odesu comes back and he sees Mido being held captive by all the cronies that he beat up earlier, uh, the dude whose teeth he took out, the dude who took fifteen of his teeth out, um, he rolls up and he's like, "Yes, I got a new dentist." Um, and I'm about to fuck you up. So, like, the dude's pretty much restrained Odesu. Yeah, and he's this, got a brand new gold grill. Yeah, and this dude is about, is, like, ready to take this fucking dude's teeth off. Um, it's, like, complete revenge. And it's, like, so cool because he gave this, like, really interesting speech where he says about how cowardice comes from imagination. Yeah, he fakes him out. He goes to to pry out a, a tooth of Odesu's and he kind of fakes him out. And uh, when Odesu, like, flinches and, like, he's like, hey, man. Cowardice is a is a figment of a uh, imagination. So try not to imagine anything, because here be. comes the real thing this time. Yeah, because he fa- yeah that that fake out was that was pretty clever. Yeah, honestly. I liked it. I liked that. Um, but yeah, in the middle of this dude, like right when this dude's about ready to like fully torture him, he gets the call by uh, uh, Lee Wu Jin. Lee Wu Jin, um, who's like, stop, and he's just like, for real. And he's like, yeah, I got that he's, fucking bag for you. He's like, what the fuck, bro? He's like, I, he's like, I know you gave me this address and shit, but like, come on. And he's like, no, 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 I got the bag. He's like, I got the bag. Call it off. You and your boys, come get the bag. Fuck off. And he opens the door. His uh, his fucking goon is there with a fucking bag of, I'm assuming, millions. <laughs> and he calls it off. He looks at it for a second. He thinks it over. And he's like, let's go. But not before punching Odesu in the stomach. Yeah. Well, actually, no, he hits him with a bat. Yeah, yeah, hitting Odesu in the stomach with a bat. Yeah. Yeah, and then those guys leave. Plays out pretty much the same way in the Spike Lee version. Yeah. Uh, So, in the original version, Desu leaves with Mido. Like, they leave together, and that's when she realizes, like, holy fuck, like, you're in a lot of trouble, and there's some people that are going to murder me just because um, I'm the person that you love. Of course, obviously, there's more to it than that, but as far as they know... That's the only reason that she is being implicated into this whole situation. And this is fucked up. Yeah, they, they skip town and they stay in a hotel. Yeah, they they skip town and they go in a hotel and this is when they end up having sex together. Yeah. And of course, watching this the first time, you're like, okay, whatever. No, it doesn't play like, it, it's pretty weird the first time too. Like well, not knowing that they're not knowing the relationship between them, so it's still like it's still a yeah. little bit weird because we're already having well, that weird. Go ahead, K Town. Sorry. After after he tries to rape her, she's like, "We're gonna have sex, but mm-hmm. it's gonna be when I tell you. I'm gonna give you the secret word." And then like she's like, "I'm she gonna just sing the song." Gang raped. She says, "I'm gonna sing and, like, the yeah, specific song." Sh- they're just driving in a car, like trying to figure out, like, okay, where can we hide out? And she's like, "I'm ready for you to have sex with me now." Yeah. And sings a song, and it's just like weird. Yeah, like, I got a, a quote. Woman- I, got, I got a literal quote from that moment. She says, "When it comes to the critical moment, I may resist, but show no mercy. Just give it to me." And then she does a fist like punch thing, and she's like, huh. "Like I'm like, golly, that shit is yeah. very fucking off putting." Like, After a, a possible like rape Ash scene, catch him from Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Believe it. But yeah, after they get back to the hotel, she starts singing that song, and it's really fucking weird. Yeah. Um. So they crash out, and afterwards they're gassed again by Wu Jin. So this has not happened for a while. Just I guess this is probably was that hotel room even 
part of the plot? I don't know. Dude. Well, it, don't they're know. hypnotized. They're hypnotized. She sang the song, so they went to a specific hotel. Ah, uh, true. You're right. You're right. Possibly. So, I mean, he's following them. He has them bugged, so he knows where they are, and he can, I guess, gas any room he wants. So I, he, I, I did want to mention that weird line when, when during the sex scene where she's like, this is painful, but I'm enduring it for you. Yes, the exact line <laughs> is, it really hurts, but I'm enduring it. <laughs> I want you to know that. <laughs> Like, so yeah, it does. The scene is weird the first time around. I don't care what you say. Like, it's not like not weird the first time, but it's, it's extra weird. Yeah, it's extra weird after. It's extra fucked up after you know the reveal. But yeah, yeah. Um. So they wake up. Uh. After being gassed, and there's a box in the room that contains uh just a fucking hand, and they open it, and it is the hand of the dude whose teeth was ripped out because after uh, Odesu got there, he saw her, he saw him touching um, uh, the breast of Mi Wu, and he said, you know, I'll cut off your hand for cutting off her, or for touching her breast or whatever. So, uh, Wu Jin Lee actually did that, and there, bam, there's his fucking hand. Yeah, so they know, at this point, uh, Odesu and Mido know that they're being bugged in some way. They go to some, I guess, debugging shop and get a, a fucking uh, chip out of his shoe, that I guess they were listening in with and stuff, and I guess that room was also bugged and recorded. But they get the fucking uh, recording device out of his shoe, and they think they're off the grid now. I mean, he's still watching them though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some things happen. Daisu gets the idea to go to his old high school to look through the yearbooks from '79 for clues, um, and he finds out about a girl named Su Ah who died, um, and he asks his friend Ju Huan about it, and he just tells him about how there's this girl who was a major slut. I kind of lost why he specifically looks this up. I don't know if you guys caught that in the plot, but I, I remember he, he went to a yearbook um, uh, to find to look for clues. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. What was it, Ketan? Do you know? I think, I think that he looked up the original, the bad guy's name. And, like, found out he went to the same school as him. But he didn't know so his he, name. He didn't know his name at this point. I th he gave him something. Yeah, he used something to find out. He gave him a clue. Well, no, because, like, I think they looked up the username that he was typing to yeah. his daughter. Yeah, on. it was, like, it was, yeah, it was yeah. the username that he was using, that screen name. And they ended up finding out so, that it yeah. had something to do with his school before. In the, so Spike Lee version, yeah. in the Spike Lee version, it was something like, it was like the ringtone that he, because he kept calling him and hanging up. And uh, it was, it was, she, it she, was she, his uh, college, like, yeah, it, um, it was like the school song. Anthem. Yeah. For the school song yeah. of like the evergreen old boys, evergreen. That was the screen name in the original version that helped him find the school and the evergreen theme song, the school song or whatever is what jogged his memory to his prep school in the Spike Lee version. So anyway, long story short, there was some small tie to the school that took them to uh, Odesu's old school and Joe Doucette's old school. Yeah. Um, so he finds out about this girl, and he asks his friend Ju Huan about it, and he was saying how much of a slut she was, uh, and uh, he had been calling him when Ju Huan was at the internet cafe, and Wu Jin is actually right next to him, because now that uh, uh, Daesu doesn't have the bug, Wu Jin kind of has to go through alternative methods to keep track with where Daesu is, but Wu Jin overhears uh, Ju Huan talking about his about his sister, being like, yeah, she's a slut. slut, she was this, she was that, and he rolls up and just fucking 
kills this dude. Well, he ejects the fucking uh, Counter Strike CD out, no. of the, <laughs> yeah. out of the fucking uh, disc player, but and yeah. he breaks it in half and kills Juwan with it. Yeah, uh, and, and then he tells Odesu through the phone, he's like, "My sister was not a slut," and Desu is just like, "Holy fuck, <laughs> damn." So um, that's a clue. Yeah, and he reveals his <laughs> old plot. He's like, because you took the tracking device out, I had to go here, and now your friend is dead. And Daisu is obviously pissed off, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, so he goes... It uh, plays da- out a little differently in the Spike Lee version, but not anything worth mentioning. Let's... Okay. He kills He kills Chucky. So uh, in the original version, Daisu goes to the dentist of a guy whose teeth he ripped out uh, in order to track that guy down. Um, and when he actually finds the guy, again, I don't know this guy's name, just the guy whose teeth got, teeth got ripped out, Odisu eventually finds him, um, and that guy ag- agrees to help him find uh, Wu Jin because he cut his fucking hand off. It's basically like, okay, now I know that we were enemies before, but now that this dude cut my fucking hand off, let, yeah, let me help you fucking get revenge and kill this guy. But what's weird is when he goes to, to seek that guy's help, um, he has to go back to the prison to look for these records, and he's like, oh yeah, just keep me dough here yeah. <laughs> to get her out of my hair. I was like, he wow. Says- um, but uh, the, the point is, is that now Daesu is really on the, the, uh, the trail of Wu Jin, and he's trying to find where he is. Uh, so he goes and does some more snooping um, with, through the high school yearbook, and he finds out that there was a, ru- a rumor passed out around about this girl whose name is Lin Su Da. I don't remember if he knew that that was his sister, that that was uh, Wu Jin's sister from the top, but he knows that this girl's really important. He goes and finds out that there's some girl that he needs to know something about. She killed herself. There's a clue, um, and that's when we get to cut to a flashback of a very young Odesu smoking a cigarette. We kind of realize what kind of kid he was. He's like smoking a cigarette on some monkey bars as a fucking nun who's pissed off at him. He's like, fuck you, nun, whatever. I'm getting transferred to a different school. I'm going to Seoul. Yeah, he's about to go to Seoul. Um, and that's when there's this kind of like interesting scene where there's like the main timeline of the film uh, mixed with a... Um, a uh, a flashback where basically, I guess we'll just get into it. Um, a young Odesu um, is is following this girl and uh, happens to see her in a room with this guy who is uh, Wu Jin, and he sees Wu Jin and this girl have sex together, and he tells he tells uh, he tells uh, Wu Han about it. Yeah, the the, the day before he goes to Seoul. Uh, he tells Wuhan about it. Who spreads the rumor? And yes, that was his. Turns I meant to out say that, that yeah, it turns out that that was that was uh, Wu Jin Lee and that Lee Wu Jin, and that was his sister that he was banging out up in that abandoned classroom. And the rumor <laughs> spreads, man, and it gets out. But who? What? What the fuck does Odesu care? He's like living his own life somewhere off in Seoul, Korea, somewhere. So he gets to like just spread this rumor and move on. And uh, the consequences of it are not his problem, and uh, they kind of play out. Can we can we talk about the American version of that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a totally oh. it's so fucking okay. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> so I don't even know where to start here. Uh, the American dudes in college. Yeah, so we That's go back. We go back to Joe Doucette. His flashback goes back to when he's in college and he meets this girl, the girl who is uh, turns out to be Adrian Price's sister. And the first scene, the first flashback is just him and his boys, Chucky included, uh, just fucking being rowdy, drinking in the dorm room, 
And as this girl is, like, grabbing her laundry, he snatches up a pair of her panties, tosses them around the room, and fucking, uh... It's actually his ex-wife who convinces him to, like, leave her alone or blah, blah, blah. Now, later on, we see him by himself, Joe Doucette by himself, outside of a, a greenhouse. And he's actually sneaking off to drink uh, a stowed-away fifth of vodka that he has. Like I said, the Spike Lee version plays heavy on Joe's alcoholism. That is a major plot device throughout the whole movie. So he's sneaking off to drink a fifth of vodka that he has hidden behind this greenhouse, and he sees that girl whose panties he stole fucking some old dude (laughs) in the greenhouse. Yeah, to him it looks like a professor. To him it looks just like some old dude professor, and he tells his boy Chucky about it. And Chucky spreads the rumor to everybody. Turns out the old dude was actually her dad. Now, in the Spike Lee version, it's not just the incestual relationship between the brother and sister. This is actually a patriarchal incestual relationship. So the dad of this family is fucking the daughter. He's also fucking the son, and I'm guessing, obviously, he's fucking his wife. Now, when these rumors spread, there's, 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 there's no, now there's no, he's fucking his wife. There's no, like, plot point that Joe, like, leaves to go to a different school. I guess he's just there. But... These rumors spread, and the family has to leave the country. They move to Germany, and they can't escape the rumors, and apparently the dad decides the best thing to do is just kill his whole family. So he kills his daughter. Hold on, hold on. Go into detail about that scene, though. Okay. Because it's so (laughs) fucking ridiculous. Okay. So The dad walks into the room, (laughs) and the daughter jumps up and starts getting undressed, and she's like, Papa! Daddy! <laughs> and he pulls out a shotgun and blows her away. Yeah, it's very... Like, the death scenes in, in this... Like, especially the daughter one, they look so trash. Dude, they this look shit, really bad. I don't vividly remember the end of the American one. This sounds so stupid. <laughs> to hear... <laughs> this is so wild. Dude, I laughed when I saw it, like, the first, like, eight times. Yeah, it's just like... But what like if... He literally... He walks into the room and she's like, Papa! And just starts getting undressed, and he's just like... He's just like, blow! He walks up the stairs, he shoots the wife who's walking down the stairs, and he walks down into this den where the son is also ready for a, ready for a scrumping, and he shoots him too. <laughs> but he apparently... He jumps up, taking his pants off, and he's like, Daddy! Daddy! And, and he shoots him, but... And then he shoots himself in the head. But apparently, the uh, shotgun wound to the son does not kill him. And uh, that's where we are today. Adrian Price lives. So that's what happens in the American version. It's a way more compl- annoyingly yeah. complex backstory. Yeah, it's in the original one, it's it's just like, hey, you saw me sleeping with my sister, and you spread rumors about it, and that's why. And in like, it's it's like Spike Lee when he um when he saw that he was like, okay, how do we make it worse than a dude fucking their own sister, which is already pretty fucking bad? He had to throw in all this extra shit, which I feel like was some type of commentary on like British aristocracy because that guy is a British person, full of incest, that sort of thing. Um, but it just yeah, it, it that's a lot to be thrown in there. But basically, in the original version, all that really happens is Daesu uh sees that uh uh, uh Wu Lee has sex with his sister. Um, uh, Daesu tells Ju Huan, who tells everybody else, and then he moves away. And then Daesu is moved. It's all good. And then that. That leads to her killing herself, and it's also revealed later on that like she thought she was pregnant. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, there, there's like this like uh, a false pregnancy. Like uh, she had a false pregnancy, I guess. Like yeah. Um, but yeah, so Daisu, and that's why she killed herself. 
So Daesu uh, finds Wujin pl- Wujin's place, and they go up in an elevator to talk in his penthouse. It's so weird because they go in the elevator together, and while they're going up in the elevator, uh, Daesu tells him that this is the first time he's seen him since he found all this stuff out. And he's just like, "You slept with your sister," and like <laughs> Wujin Lee's. It's 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 Daesu. Wujin Lee and Wujin Lee's like white haired goon. And and the white haired goon is just like he just looks at Wujin Lee just like He looks alarmed. Like he's like like the first time he's heard this. He's like, This is what I'm fighting for? And Wujin Lee looks back at him like, Yeah. You're getting <laughs> yeah. paid well. Yeah, <laughs> like you can get this bag, bitch. Like, I don't give a fuck. Um, so it's so silly. Like they, they're up to his penthouse and Wujin Lee like kinda walks to the back, uh white da- white haired goon walks to the side, and these two other dudes just roll up and they sue just fucks them up. I don't even know why they had all this happen. Hey, just you know, obligatory fight scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those dudes fight it's the final boss, there's gotta be like sub goons. A couple goons, yeah, exactly. sub goons, sub goons, yeah. Sub boss. <laughs> or yeah, the yeah, exactly. Um so Wujin uh, then tells Desu everything. He tells him about the uh, the pregnancy, um, and then what's most fucked up is he reveals the truth about Mi Do. Now the way it's revealed in the Korean version is very well done, man. This shit really. This is the part where I wish I had seen this part first, because he gives him. He has another throughout the whole movie. There's all these like gifts that he has Odesu open. They're all in the same patterned gift wrap and stuff and when he gets to the penthouse after he defeats all the the sub bosses or sub goons like Kate down <laughs> says he has another package for him he, to le- open. he gets a bunch of experience he levels up he gets and, a new fucking and, skill and and fucking the lee Woo jin is like super hype you can see that like he even like kills his own goon before like uh to to reveal this like his goon was almost going to kill david and he's like whoa whoa hold on i still got a reveal here Kills his goon, uses his laser pointer to point out the last little present, and what is inside the box is a photo album. And it's a photo album. The first picture is fucking the photo you see that uh, Desu shows you at the beginning of the movie of him and his wife and his daughter. That's the first picture in the photo album. Then you see a bunch of pictures of his daughter getting older, getting older, yeah. getting older, until the last picture resembles almost exactly Mito that it's like we know. slowly seeping in and then and then the picture starts to fucking show you pictures of them of of Daewoo Daesu and Mito together mm-hmm. like and then the fucking reflection of his face when he sees reveal in the mirror like that's it dude like th- from this point in the movie we're fucking on another level dude yeah that, like, shit, that shit like I felt that shit in my gut the first time I it's saw it. fucking rough hit. dude it hit yeah, this is a real fucking gut punch. And, and the actor that plays De 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 Sue, like, dude, like he, this is where he fucking goes full like Nick Cage off the like. This is where he really sells it, dude. But yeah, way better he, than Nick Cage. I'm gonna go and say, yeah, yeah, honestly. for real, this is better for than real. any other Nick Cage performance. Because I really believe this shit. Like, he, yeah, he, the to, the torment in that performance is fucking pretty fucking palpable, dude. Uh, and you feel it. It hits. It fucking hits. And uh, even the scenes like where he's like. I mean, at this point, fucking Lee Woo Jin is won. Lee Woo Jin yeah. is won the whole game. The game is out. He's actually laughing. He's laughing hysterically in his in his handkerchief. Yeah. But uh, I mean, uh, Day Day is like, dude, anything, fucking anything. You don't don't because he's about to tell. He's about to tell Mido. Mido. Yeah, because yeah. there's a package back in uh, meet in the uh, the hotel. Well, the the prison hotel room that Mido's staying at. There's a package in there. 
Um, and pretty much, like, Odesu is told about this package. And then Wu Jin Lee actually gives him a phone so that he can talk to her. And he's like, don't open the package. Don't open, don't it. open the package. Don't open it. And we don't really know what it is, but whatever it is, we assume it's evidence of the yeah. truth. It's the truth. What's in the package is the truth. Yes, that's where you find out that you've been having sex with your own father. And he's already found this out, and he's miserable. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is like, the big kind of moment is, yeah, he... He, um, he begs uh, uh, Wu Jin. He's like, dude, fucking, I'll, I'll do whatever you need. I'll be your dog. I'll be your yeah. dog. He starts crawling on all fours and yipping, like, what do you need? I'll do whatever you need. Then he runs over to the counter and grabs the fucking scissors. And this is the biggest thing is like, he fully admits that it is his fault. Yeah. He says, it's because I spoke too much. I said too much. Um, and this kind of works on two levels. He, he cuts his tongue off. With some scissors, and before we talk about what that actually looked like, there's kind of a dual-sided reason for this, is for one, out of the pure shame of what he has done, even though it's kind of like, I, I you know, he, I don't think he really feels that bad, but it's only in this moment that Wu Jin Lee has made him feel bad for what he's done. Um, artificially, he has programmed him to feel bad for having a big mouth, but on the other hand, it's like, I don't want to ever be able to speak this truth to my daughter. And there's, and there's a lot of, I find this, this part very interesting because this is very like Oedipus Rex. I don't know if you guys are really familiar with the Oedipal Complex, but it's basically about a... It's I a, know Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's... So it's a... Oh, oh wow, K-Town. K-Town just, gonna... just got up and walked away. Wow. <laughs> I don't care what you think, Payne. <laughs> Go on, Payne. Go on, no. Uh Basically, the story of Oedipus Rex is a, it's a famous tragic hero, basically, who is told when he's very young that he will, he's destined, or uh, he, his parents know before he's born that he is destined to um, uh, kill his father and have sex with his mother. Holy so shit. the mother and the father cast him out into the wilderness so that he cannot, you know, so that they can get rid of this prophecy. Um, but he comes back um, and basically he finds us out and he lives his entire life trying to avoid this prophecy, but he winds up in it anyway. Um, and when he finds out what he has done, he cut, he gouges his own eyes out, uh, symbolically representing the blindness that he once had to the reality of what was going on around him. So in this scene, you kind of see that same thing where it's like there's a, uh, there's an organ and everything that that organ is symbolically associated with is what he feels guilt for. He feels guilty for every time that he had talked, everything that he had ever said. Uh, he wants to never be able to do that again because he, it's hurt him in the past and he knows it could hurt him again in the future should he end up slipping and telling uh, Mido the truth about his identity. Yeah, it's 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 a tough fucking uh, watch this this next couple scenes, and then we sp- and then like I said, uh, Lee Woo Jin is just like yeah, he's won. He's ultimately won. He knows he's won, and actually, that's what kills him. Yeah. He, he 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 laughs and he gets his jollies out. He gets his japes out, but he says he looks at Ode Su and he's like, hey man, what else do I have to live for here? Yeah, man? he's like, this was it. Like you know, basically, I I did all this to 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 get this moment with you. So he drops the suicide dongle. He gives him the dongle. He drops the dongle. Yeah, he drops the dongle and he walks away. And as ugh, this is like the most fucking fucked up part too, as if for like insult to injury, like as the final joke, as the killing joke, as fucking uh, Lee Woo Jin is walking away into the elevator with the dongle in Odesu's hand. Odesu presses the button, and instead of dying him dropping right away it just hits the playback of the audio yeah of him and mito fucking and it's just like so once again even at the very <sighs> the very last act that Wu Jin Lee has on him is to make is to implicate 
Jin Lee into something he did not want to have happen. He once again pulls the strings even at the very last moment and makes uh, Jin or uh, sorry Ode Su pretty much like. Just, just dig the knife deeper into his self. Yeah. He just cut his own tongue off, and now he just played. He himself just played the audio footage of him and his own sex-having daughter just taunting him. Um, and you he, could say he played himself. You could, yes, <laughs> you could. Um, and he repeats those <laughs> fucked up lines, where he's like, "I'm enduring it." Yeah, I'm just like, they, oh. all these shits are so much worse. It yeah. was, it was not easy the first time around, not knowing this shit, but coming back at you the second time around, it really fucking hits. And then there's the scene we didn't mention the very beginning when Odesu is like in lockup and he's like talking about his daughter and giving her these uh these little angel wings. He's like wearing them and cocking them oh, and stuff. Yeah. And, but they in 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 between the reveal of the scene, they cut to Mido wearing those same angel wings and like cocking cocking them. And that's that it's fucked, dude. It's very fucked. Yeah. Um Let's jump to Spike Lee's version real quick and the reveal in Spike Lee's version because this is a little bit more convoluted. Uh, <clears throat> where to start? So, Joe Doucette comes to the penthouse, kills the goon woman right away. The, the, uh, she's recasted as a woman in this version. Kills her pretty much with no problem. And uh, <laughs> Adrian Price gives him his diamonds. <laughs> he asks where his daughter is, Mia, and he, he's like, she's right here. Brings him downstairs. There's a whole production room. He shows him uh, the show that he had been watching all these years, uh, Mysteries of Crime or something. And he's like, yeah, longest running TV show. One of the longest running TV shows with only one viewer, you. So this whole show that he had been watching of his daughter growing up through this tragedy was actually fictional, made up. Uh, the, the, the daughter that he had been watching on TV is actually just a paid actor. And this is all just part of Adrian Price's... Uh, reveal his whole plot to uh do the same thing and get him to bone his daughter his actual daughter is marie sebastian wanda who we met earlier and uh and it's just it just plays out a little it's not as heavy you know it's you get the same reveal but there's not as a uh, it's still fucked up but yeah you get this kind of scream scene <laughs> where Joe, where I mean, uh, Josh Brolin is just like, no, dude. Josh, Bro <laughs> I do, I vaguely remember this, but I do remember the whole thing with Josh Brolin. It's once again where like he can't play anything besides just like angry. So like him expressing misery is just generic. Just Aah! there's there's no suicide dongle. So uh, literally after the the no scream. Uh, Adrian Price says some fucking, um, middling, some fucking mediocre quote and shoots himself in the head right in front of him. Fade to black. Mm. Let's jump back to the original version real quick. So in the original version, um, I mean, pretty much we're at the end of the story is it is basically cuts to day Sue. Um, uh, it cuts to a communication between him and a hypnotist. So it's revealed that he contacted hypnotist. Yeah, he had, he had uh, come in contact with the hypnotist. Um, it's the same hypnotist from the beginning of the movie. Wait, really? I didn't catch okay. that. I wasn't sure. I wondered, but yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. The one, oh, you're right. She's yeah, the one that hypnotized them. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. So she actually takes pity on him because of everything that she says, specifically the line that says like, um, uh, even though I'm nothing more than a beast. Do I not still deserve to live, basically? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and, and she's inspired, and she decides to hypnotize him so that he, it's implied it's, that he'll be hypnotized so that he will f- uh, forget the reality of him and me, Doe. And it's really interesting because it happens in the snow, which I like that it's just like a lot of very kind of direct symbolism of like cleansing him of his memory. Um, yeah. It's like he's given a blank kind of slate of everything. Um, and it ends in a very like interesting way. It's very ambiguous. It ends with him uh, in the middle of this um, this this field of snow, and then Me Do is over is like off to the side. She's like, "Oh, where'd you go?" Like it, it seems as if like they were on just like some hiking trip, and she and he went missing. He wakes up, he doesn't know what's going on, and they embrace each other and they hug. And then there's a couple things that happen here. She calls him Day Sue, which emphasizes the fact that she will remain just as he is now unaware of the reality of their incestuous relationship and also in the background they play the same uh instrumental music that was played during their sex scene which it's a little bit ambiguous but i feel like this is implying that That they live their life together they just live their life together romantically i I think you're right also too i got that vibe the first first time i watched it i got the same vibe and also during that scene where they embrace at the end and he kind of he kind of like it's it's like unclear at first if he's like frowning and then it breaks into kind of a smile kind of the same thing that happened when he was walking away and the guy fell off the building where he was kind of walking and he's like broke into this very awkward smile and i think it harkens back to a quote from the movie that was in the hotel when he was locked up that said laugh and the world laughs with you weep and you weep alone like he was literally thinking of that quote before he smiled when uh, the guy fell off the building and he broke this like really reluctant smile as it replayed that quote. And so it made me think of that quote as he broke into that reluctant smile at the end where he's just like, I got to smile through this. This is just like, I'm like, it made me feel like he's like deciding or maybe he's hypnotized now that like, this is just the direction I'm going and we're not looking back and I'm in love with Mito. And that's just, it <laughs> yeah which is uh see and that that tells you how great that film is compared to the american because like you just sat there and had like this whole like deep thought about like just these small subtle things and like none of us got that vibe at all from yeah the epilogue on spike the, lee's the epilogue on the american version on the spike lee version is much different much less ambiguous i mean literally after that scene so i said it fades to black and the very next lines you hear are from Josh Brolin in a letter to Mia. And it says, Dear Marie, you will never see me again. I'm gone from your life forever. I've done something terrible, something unforgivable. And for that, I must be punished. <laughs> Which, granted... I mean, yeah. It's a more satisfying ending than being like, oh, and and uh, the dad and the girl and his daughter went off and just lived happily ever after. Like, that's kind of a weird way just, to end the original. I just like... I mean, it's just very American to be like, no, no, no. There's no ambiguity here. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He will yeah, yeah. never see her again. Because, okay? again, they're thinking, like, American audiences <laughs> won't be able to deal with something that isn't black and white and complicated. Yeah. They're like, we can't... American audiences cannot be trusted with nuance, anything like that. Because the thing is, at the end of, at the, end of the Korean movie, you're basically questioning yourself where you're just kind of like, Did what? this happen? Was this real? Uh, you know, a couple questions at the end there. And and what, like... And also, like, like what is even, like... Uh, th- th- what is what is the intention of leaving it that ambiguous? Like this idea that like are we better off if we don't know things, or is like it's because ignorance, it's it's a uh, 
is ignorance bliss? Is that true? Is ignorance truly bliss? And in this situation, I mean, obviously we kind of repel it at the the idea of like this dude being yeah. with his daughter. But then it kind of, you know, I think on a on a deep kind of thematic level, it kind of offers into like perspective of like how many things uh, do we do that we know are wrong uh, or that we would otherwise know we are we are wrong at, but we are widely ignorant to in our everyday lives. There's a much shorter, much less thoughtful epilogue in the Spike Lee version. Where, like I said, he reads that letter. He gets a letter to Marie Sebastian where he says he'll never see her again. Now, we never mentioned that in the beginning of the movie, he bought this duck for his daughter. Like a little squeaky duck that he left with his friend Chucky. And his ch- friend Chucky held that duck for like 20 years. Got it back when he came back. In this letter that he sends to Marie, he gives her the duck and this letter. Uh, he checks himself back into the hotel. But on the screen, instead of just the weird, like, farm uh, window, he actually has a video feed of the duck from Marie's... He gives her, like, the 20 million in diamonds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, she goes off to live, like, a brand new life. She takes the 20 million in diamonds and, and, like, leaves the medical clinic thing, just goes off to live a brand new life. And uh, he watches her through the duck in his fucking new solitary. And that's how the American version ends. Yeah, much so. simpler. You can put a bow on it. Yeah, you can put a bow on it. Then. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to think or talk about it after it's over. <laughs> um, all right, so um, that's it. There's the fucking plot of Old Boys, and I think it's pretty obvious where we kind of stand with each of these, but let's kind of roundtable it out. Uh, which one is the better one and why, I guess? Which which good times are not killing? I guess we'll just do it regular. Let's just go over it, and let's, let's just give our feelings and, and say if we feel like these good times are killing us. And I feel like... For both. For both movies. Yeah. yeah. We'll do a tradition. And uh, K-Town, you want to kick it off, bud? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the original 2003 Old Boy is a masterpiece. It is, it, it's, it's gut-wrenching. It's everything like a good fucked up movie should be. Like, a lot of fucked up movies are just like in your face, like, like Takashi Miike shit. Like, look at this. Like, this <laughs> is like, this is like a slow burn and like just really just like almost in night Shyamalan levels of like twist like just gut-wrenching like I've I've never like physically felt sick from a movie other than like super graphic gory shit like like I have from just the plot of this film like it is it is unnerving and gross and sad and just just wrong and I love it um the Spike Lee version in the realm of bad movies, I don't think it's a horrible movie, but like, I think it's just, it's very just like typical Americanized like bullshit. Just like you had this great film. Like why the fuck did y'all need to make it remake it? Like people, like, I think that's a big thing. Like uh, Americans in general just need to like kind of step out of their comfort zone and like watch a movie with subtitles, man. Like there's a ma- a million amazing films that don't have to speak your language. Everyone else in the world watches our movies with subtitles. Yeah, we're very spoiled on like how many because like Hollywood is in America, you know. Like we're so yeah. spoiled on like everything being like targeted towards us. Even has a language, like has English speakers. It's it's yeah. like all of the stuff is very easy. And like I think it's a symptom of a bigger problem as a culture that we're so adverse to just experiencing what other cultures have to offer. You know, I didn't mean to take th- your thunder. Yeah, yeah. No, but. no, no, no. I think the big thing with remakes is like I, I try to look at it like a, 
almost like a video game standpoint because like everything's getting remaked now like a good remake is like resident evil 2 like it it still had the core of the movie and it did everything it could to enhance on what made that movie great the game it didn't try to change it it didn't try to up it or any way it just tried to enhance what was already there like that's that's how you should remake something that's how you should remake a film that's how you should remake a video game that's how you should make a remake a song like uh trapped under ice uh uh, what was, uh reality unfolds the original version and then the the fucking remake on the later album the remakes better in every single fucking way dude. more produced like better. more produced yeah. like they they took the core of that song and did everything to make it better they enhanced every aspect of it like and that's what you should do you shouldn't just try to be like oh well we can just you know take this and just make it our own like that's not a remake like you need to like still have the core what made that movie great and i don't think spike lee's old boy was that like they try to just up the ante and like throw things in there to just to be more edgy and i it, it just didn't work well it's not a horrible movie but it's not anywhere close to the original no no i agree what what do you say what say you k-town uh good times are not killing I don't think the good times are killing us for either one. I think the what's killing us is the fact that we just can't accept foreign cinema. Mm, I agree, man. We I need agree. to step out. Stop stop eating McDonald's. Get a little sushi <laughs> on your plate. Experience some new shit. Mark, come come eat hot pot with me. I'm 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 pretty <laughs> Hey, I'll go. I'll go ahead and go next because I have a lot of ideas to kind of go off of that. And and yeah, I, I think the the idea of of doing a remake it comes with the presumption that the original one was somehow limited. It, usually, when you do a remake, it's like okay, this movie and, and what it could be was limited by the production value they had at the time. It was limited by its audience. Like I get where this movie was coming from because at that time period, um, well, I, I mean, this movie the remake was made uh, a, a little bit later on after this trend, but when old with the original old boy came out there was kind of a trend of uh uh like japanese horror movies that were being uh translated like the grudge or the ring and there's a kind mm-hmm. of a series of those where it's basically like uh you know there's a lot of kind of cultural aspects of this story that will make it a little bit more difficult for american audiences to digest so we're going to americanize it and put it in english and and it still kind of worked um and i can kind of get that because the original japanese versions of those movies for example were kind of just schlocky horror movies and the remakes were schlocky horror movies that's not the same with like the situation with Old Boy. Like the 2003 Old Boy, in terms of production value, is just as good as the 2013 version. Mm-hmm. You might have a couple slightly update, uh, outdated CGI effects in the original, but they're not even really noticeable. Like when the fucking ants come out of his arm, it looks kind of digital if you look really hard. But like the, the brilliance of that movie is it is it. Uh, it's the heart of it. It holds its suspension of disbelief so well that like you don't even notice that type of stuff. Everything yeah. about it is fantastic, and the best element of the remake is just the story, the base story, and even then they had to fucking throw in all these extra things to amp it up. Um, the original one, I mean, in every single way, the story is uh, it's raw without being too over the top. Um, the acting is, on all accounts, far better. I mean, I can't really say much about performances besides the the guy that played uh, Odesu. 
There's some good performances, I guess, but he really knocked out of the yeah, park. Yeah, he killed it, dude. Like, he really, like, I believe that man was in fucking solitary confinement for decades. Yes, there's some serious, <laughs> like, and it, 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 it feels so much more sincere. He's even able to, and this is what another reason why the remake is so terrible, is, like, he's got a language barrier between us and him, and we're still able to feel his emotion. still feel it. So much more than Josh Brolin, an American actor who's just like, I only know how to be angry, no! tough guy. And everything else, I'm just gonna phone in. I'm sad. I'm scared. I'm drunk. But I'm really fucking angry, and that's cool. That's the only thing that Josh Brolin knows how to do. He's got no range as an actor, and also just the directing. I mean, there's so many interesting things that the original does uh, with the, like the way it's edited. There's a lot of kind of like unique cuts in there, um, and just a lot of like really beautiful cinematography that doesn't it doesn't like even the fight scenes like they're choreographed, but they don't feel choreographed. It all feels very raw. It makes this whole dark world seems so beautiful where it has like it, it knows the exact line between like uh kind of glamorizing or, or adding some kind of element of beauty to everything that's going on um on top of the darkness whereas the remake is just like all right let's just offshoot that balance we need more we need more blood we need to be more intense we need to be just uh, way let's more brutal break some necks just break some necks everything's fucking way more fucked up but there's no beautiful cinema cinematography at all and the only cinematography that the, that there is that does mimic that beauty of the original is just copying the shots from the original um so yeah i'm gonna go and say absolutely the good times are not killing us with the original you already know that with the remake i'm gonna have to i'm pretty much gonna follow up with what k-town said is you know i i will say i i, I can't exactly say the good times are killing us because if you've seen the remake and that was your only time being exposed to old boy i can understand still liking it it's still a pretty interesting plot uh, and it's, it's, I mean, as, as far as American movies go, it, the plot and even the way it's delivered and the things that they change, it's still interesting. Um, but yeah, there, there's, uh, there's an overall zeitgeist that's, that's really at issue here is the idea of feeling like the original somehow needed to be remade as if, as if they could do any improvement on it. Um, that I don't like. And also one of the thing, and, and I'll kind of, this, this will kind of be how I shift it off to you, Mark, mm-hmm. is I think that. Everyone's getting a disservice by seeing the remake first because if you see the remake first, then your experience watching the original is diluted. That's in my opinion, but that's for someone who saw the original first before the remake. So good times aren't killing us with the original. Neither are they with the with the other one, but the idea of doing a remake that's killing us. But what what do you think? What do you make of all this, Mark? I've been talking a lot. I've heard that take, and I'm gonna get back to that. Okay. Okay. Old boys. Uh, the concept of this movie, the plot of this movie is fucking crazy. It's off-putting. It's, uh, touching on some territory that is a little bit uncomfortable for a lot of people, honestly. And, but I will say the Korean version does it tactfully well. Mm -hmm. The reveal is fucking gut-wrenching. And, uh, yeah, stylistically as a movie, it's everything, it's, it's, it's everything that the Spike Lee version, the Korean version does better, 100% better. Um, now I do have a unique perspective on this movie because I saw the Spike Lee version first with no, uh, knowledge of the Korean version. And it, I wouldn't be true to myself if I tried to say that the themes of this movie did not land on me, mm. even through, now I might not be a cultured, uh, cinematic dude. Like, you know, I'll, I've, I like as I watch this movie and I've studied like you know and I've listened to a lot of things about these movies and the comparison between these two and uh 
there's a lot of stuff that the Spike Lee version does and kind of tries to pull off in a very American, like, hamburger culture, like, big explosion type way that it does not earn. And yeah, it, and it yeah. presents a lot of these themes to you that the original version does that it has no ability to uh, deal with at all. Like, and it doesn't even try to, honestly. Um, it doesn't even really try to get you to think about it. It's almost presented to you in a in a very, like, look at this. Wouldn't it be fucked up if this happened? It's like it's like taking steroids instead of working out. Where it's yeah. like the, the basic skeleton is just jacked up with all this stuff, and there's no sense of, of this person who who is, like, it's just, it's all artificial. It doesn't feel real yet. Yeah. Exactly. It's not even, it's not... Even cinematically, it's not shot as well. It's not as stylized. There's a lot of really cool scenes and just cool like camera angles and shots that they do in the uh, in the original version that just help help tie it all together and make it just a, a like I said a masterpiece in its own way. Like there's this one shot like where he's holding when he's doing the dumpling scene and it's like pans out from like between him between the chopsticks and like and then like pans out to him just like holding a dumpling like that shot alone is just like fucking sick dude like mm-hmm. i'm not like i said i'm not like a film nerd or anything but just shit like that that kind of just makes you like be like fuck that's just pulls you out of it for a second it's a lot more thought that's put into it and on there's, some subconscious level you know what's going on even if you aren't like a film nerd. exactly there's just the heart comes through in the movie uh now i'd be lying to myself i'd be lying to you all if I said that, like, you know, I thought the original movie was trash. I don't think... I think it pales in comparison to the Korean movie. I I have to say, though, because of how it was presented to me when I first saw it, it fucked me up. The themes of it and the plot of it and the twist of it still landed on me, dude. Like, I was fucked up by this movie. And I, it's not a movie just like the original version, even more so, like... I was talking to you guys earlier. This is not a movie that I would go out of my way to watch. It's a movie I regard, uh, the original one, and that I think is like, like almost in the same way that like Joker or uh, fucking um, I can't think of another one, but just like I'm like, wow, that movie hits and it's provocative and it made me feel feelings. Not interested in going back. This is the type of movie I watch when I'm trying to show someone. Mm-hmm. Uh. All this to say, man, fucking uh, the original movie, Masterpiece, Good Times Are Not Killing Us, definitely not. I really enjoyed it when I watched it again alone. Uh, But the Spike Lee version, everything that K-Town said and that you guys said, like, there is this kind of perversion of, like, um, foreign movies that, like, we feel like we have to make them American and dumb them down and stuff, and that's that's shitty. That sucks, man. Like, read subtitles, watch movies, get out of your comfort zone. But this this worked for me, and once I knew there was an original version, I wanted to see it because of this movie. This seeing this version of it did not sully the original version for me. Mm, like, you okay, know, well, I will say that like maybe the the twist didn't have the full impact that it would have had. I would have loved to had that twist. Like I said, the reveal was done fucking flawlessly in the original version, and I would love to have that reveal without knowing anything about it. And that's what kills me is like I it, I mean it's it's a minor thing and all in all it's not going to like dramatically affect her life or anything like that but 
I feel like you're getting a better old boy experience if your first time getting this movie is is through, from the original. Yeah. No, absolutely. I do not disagree with that. Mm. I have to say though that because my first time was the uh, 2013 Spike Lee version with no knowledge of the original, and it fucked me up. I was impacted on by it. I can't say the good times are killing us on that mm. one. I will say though, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't somehow you got this far and you haven't seen any of these movies if you're thinking about checking out these movies check out the original first definitely go to the korean verse because like that's the real movie that's where it's all at and assuming you've probably already seen at least one of these movies before you listen to this podcast otherwise we're sorry but um if you talk to other people uh, about which one they should watch, just do them a favor and tell them to watch the Korean version first. And if you haven't seen the Spike Lee version, I mean, that's fine. That's good. You don't have to. Watch that one second. Just listen to this instead of watching that version. Yeah, honestly, I think I think you got a better experience just by listening to this podcast. Yeah, just listen to this podcast. I'm going to go and pat myself on the back. But all right, pat yeah. on the back, fellas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, just, we did a better job here than Spike <laughs> Lee did in his movie. Y'all ready to shut it down then? Yep, that's it. Alrighty, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast. Um, and uh, just like you, if you ever come in contact with the uh, the Spike Lee version of Old Boy, and you happen to be a football player, just you know, you just got your scholarship, you're about to get accepted to a new school, but you one day you, defi- you decide to defend a woman from getting beat yeah, by a man. You see a woman getting mistreated by some fucking brolic prisoner. Yes. Guess what? Josh Brolin has just rolled up and he kicked you down. He's about to stomp your jaw down because now you are fucking dead. <laughs> That was so weird hearing you say dead and not have the echo. Because it was just like, dead, dead.